Hello. Hello there. There we go. There we there go. It's happening. It's going. It's doing. It is going and doing and things. Things are Good. happening. Things are doing things. All right. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. <laughs> That's all I know from that song. What's the buzz? I don't even know what that song is. What's the what oh, song is that? The opening song from Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, I do not. I've never seen it. I've never seen it, nor have I ever heard it. I know the song Jesus Christ Superstar. You probably know the parody uh, from Mr. Show uh, that was done with Jack Black out in the desert. I know the parody that was done by children in my neighborhood. Ah, Jesus okay. Christ, superstar, who in the hell do you think you are? Pretty good. That's what we sang. That was, okay. a, that was a playground anthem, sir. I'd go with uh, Jesus Christ's uh, supercar. <laughs> and it's like a car that he drives around and you know saving souls and yeah. kicking ass. Yeah. Sure, make, make up your own story. Sure, everyone else did. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, four people told the same story. Why not five? <laughs> Three told it the same. One made it. One went really pla- other places. Yeah, just like you know, one one they went like have fun with it. <laughs> his was the his was the uh, his was Judd Apatow directed. Yeah. That's right. Just, just, it's, it's like when they made all those volcano movies. And, like, you know, maybe the one at the end is just like, I don't know. Maybe the volcano can talk. Yeah. It's Adam Adam McKay direction. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Just do that. Just do want to make it funny. Well, okay. All yeah. right. Should, it be, should the movie be funny and improvised? I, I don't know. Shouldn't it be kind of whip smart and no? Okay. Never mind. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> what do we know? We're just actors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I feel like we're going already. All right. So that sounds right to me. You're the you're the Mr. Host. Let's get let's get some silence and then we'll yeah. uh, we'll start proper. All right. All right. I'll start. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. I sure hope I'm back this week. Hey, I am. Hi. <laughs> I was hoping so too, and here you are. That's good. Wait, wait how am I doing? Am I doing okay? I don't I know. I, I was I wasn't here last week. I can't. I can't see you. What have you heard? <laughs> well, I heard that you uh, fell. That you fell off a cliff face. Yeah. Uh, fell thir- approximately thirty feet. They tricked me. The roadrunner tricked me. <laughs> I made the mistake of looking down. Oh no. Yeah. Classic. Did, did you turn into classic. a sucker? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, and I held a little sign that went "uh oh," <laughs> which I don't know why I brought that with me. That was just looking for trouble. I really, a you should have brought one that went "hooray." Yeah, you know what, Coyote, bring a parachute. Yeah, dummy. That's right. Plan. Don't think negative thoughts. Plan for success. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. Okay, so here's uh here's what went down. Okay, um, this is the skinny for all all our listeners who, because last week we had we had Jason, my cousin Jason, on the show. Right. Who is, now, who is filling in for you. Right. I mean, Jason, of course, is a character you portray. <laughs> That's right. It was just me by myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how I can talk over myself, too. It's a hey, listen, Jason. It's inc- how's the weather in France? <laughs> I'll tell you, Dave. <laughs> okay. But you, you can't drink a glass of water while Jason talks. I've noticed that. <laughs> that's true. I can drink a glass of Coke, though, so that's a weird part of it. Yeah, that is true. You can drink Coke. Yeah. You can't drink water. <laughs> can't drink water. <laughs> You're very much like Dean Martin with the booze. Like, yeah, have that lady water. I don't get away from it. <laughs> but the, the, I was kind of, I was kind of fun reading the, the comments this week because they're all like, um, they're all like, uh, 
gee, I, I, uh, it was kind of like they wanted to like be kind to Jason because Jason was on the show yeah. and he did a good job, but also they wanted to also, you know, be sympathetic to you who was sitting at home with your with your broken ankle, you know, with the uh, and he had like a and I imagine and I, in my mind you have like uh, one of those like handkerchiefs tied around your your head with a with a knot at the top. Okay, sure. I'm I'm Jacob Marley. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. He fell down too. <laughs> so so let's hear the story let's we've all okay, all get on tender hooks man that you mentioned that this i just want to ask a question of our uh, third dragon nina matsumoto yeah she's been uh, up in whistler uh having uh, an anniversary celebration with her husband bob and they seem to be having a lovely time uh i want to ask if she spotted any of that stereotypical that stereotype which is the guy with the cast on his leg Drinking hot cocoa in the lodge. <laughs> sure. Has she seen that guy? Is that guy real? Yeah. Um, so that's that's my question. And also then get away from him because, you know. That's a good question because the real question to that is why is he there? Well, he was there. He broke his leg. Oh, he broke his leg. So he didn't get. He doesn't want to leave and like, you know. <laughs> he didn't get taken friend. to the hospital. He just got dumped at the Apri Ski Lodge where he's drinking some hot cocoa. Well, I'm sure there's a Whistler hospital. There's something up there where you can get a cast on your leg. And then you, uh, or maybe there isn't. Yeah, I have, I have no idea. I don't think. I mean, I mean there must be people getting injured there all the time. It's a damn mountain. Yeah. thing. So there's got to be a doctor. Oh, I'm sure and, there's a doctor, but they, they would probably get. Um, ambulance down down south from there well that's the problem it's like how long would it take an ambulance to get up there and then an ambulance to get back down well, they they put, there's probably an, there's probably an ambulance station there but, yeah but, okay that's fair but still you but know not, i don't think there'd be a ho- there's not a hospital in every community in bbc no but whistler has money to burn so i'm sure they've got something mm. going on up there the, pe- I mean, the have- people in whistler have money to burn i don't know about yeah, the city so there's someone there i'm sure who would be taking advantage mm-hmm. of that going hmm I'll do some doctoring. I'll do oh, some- no, no. I, you're right. There's doctors, but you can't just open your own hospital. You can open a private thing for some stuff. Yeah, for some stuff. But you yeah. can't just okay. open a hospital. Right. Fair enough. But anyway, speaking of medical things. Um, <laughs> speaking of speaking of medical mishaps. Right. So about, let's say, nine days ago my time, uh, mm. I was. Uh, it was a beautiful, uh, sunny, uh, snowy day. Okay. And I decided to walk down to the duck pond. Uh, I did a meditation, a walking meditation. Okay. It was really beautiful. Could not, literally, I was saying to myself, this is the most beautiful day. Uh-huh. Um, then I get close to the PNE, and what I remember uh, from that point on is a bit of a blur. Okay. Uh, I remember a slip. I remember the impact of falling backwards and hitting my head on the sidewalk i remember mm. everything went gray it was like this this burst of gray wow. uh, and uh, and uh, you know kind of boom, that that kind of thing yeah. it was not a million miles away from the sensation um that i that i had like earlier in the month where i was i was had the cardio version where i was not uh fully uh unconscious it was that kind of impact through your whole body boom thing yeah uh so so just felt that and so i remember that and everything like that burst of gray and then i remember people around me uh saying are you okay and me saying yeah yeah i'm okay i'll be all right i'm fine i'm fine and them going i don't think you are and i'm going yeah i I think i'm good i remember i remember that yeah and then working working my way over to um uh kind of a step and sitting on the step and uh, now, at that point, it's a bit of a blur because the people went away. They weren't there, uh, the next memory I have. But 
I do remember calling my wife, and she said when I called her, there was people around me. Okay. So, so I'm not remembering that real clearly, uh, but uh, I was able to tell her where I was. Uh, at the at the time, I also called my sister-in-law, but she was in line for a COVID test. Well, it turned out she didn't have it, so but she she was she was stuck in a quite a long lineup for a COVID test. Yeah. So so uh, my wife Pia she um, she got in a cab and we went to the urgent uh, care center and they did all the uh, tests because I was like I could walk there and she's like No, you can't. And I'm like No, you're right. I can't. That's right. That's, good. <laughs> That's a good point. I can't. You shouldn't. Not only you shouldn't and you can't. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I shouldn't and I can't. But there was a long time where I was sitting there. Apparently, I don't even know it was a long time because again, memory is not right around this, this this period of time yeah but i was i was sitting i was sitting there on the step uh not really in pain just aware that there was a problem this was not how i should be yeah um and uh and 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 realizing i probably was knocked out for a bit wow. uh, because yeah. there's some lost time there sure um later on we we looked at my phone and to uh because because i had done the meditation I knew when the meditation ended and I know where I was when the meditation ended and I know where I woke up. So I was able to figure out by that time wise that, you know, if I was unconscious, I was unconscious for less than a minute. So that was, that was okay. Not that it's okay, but like it wasn't me lying on a sidewalk for, you know, an extended period of time. So, um, so my wife, uh, picks me up in the, in the cab, we go to the, uh, urgent care center, which luckily is about, you know, a block away. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, I've been there before and they're very, very good. Uh, and, um, yeah, I went through all the tests that you go through, uh, look at, check out your eyes, check if there's any blood in your ears. Uh, this is especially dangerous for me cause I'm on blood thinners. Okay. And the one thing they tell you is don't fall down. Uh, you got it. And uh, that's exactly what you're not supposed to do. <laughs> so, uh, so I let them know that like, okay. So uh, they check they check my ears, they check my eyes, uh, they uh, grab your hands and say, push, okay, now pull, okay, uh, now follow this uh, with your eyes, okay, uh, now can you walk in a straight line, and I did the heel-toe, heel-toe, okay. So everything generally seems okay, um, and uh, so uh, what, they, what they said to me was, uh, you know, uh, because I could have gone to emergency after that and gotten a CT scan, but... Um, we're at a time period right now where everybody has COVID, uh, like, and the last time we went and we had gone to an emergency for a family member, uh, about two weeks earlier yeah. and, yeah. um, the family member, uh, was like real close to someone who had COVID. Okay. Like there was someone who actively had COVID, you know, that was there. And then there was another guy who was in the waiting room when I was waiting that was like, nah, probably is and was not wearing a mask. Then a guy came in with no shirt. And like, I'll tell you something. I'm like, okay. And it, it was just like, this is not the good place to be while where when COVID is spreading like wildfire. Yeah, this yeah. is that's not where it should be. So, um, so it was a decision to make of like, should should you go home or should you go to the ER? And I decided to go home. And if I was going to have any sim like any further complications, anything showed up that was especially bad then yeah off to the er but it was riskier i felt to go to the er during these times than it would be to uh go home but it was still like um a, a, you know a choice to make you know um so uh went went home and basically for the last week it's been a lot of uh you know what our textbook 
post-concussion uh, symptoms, which uh, which are like uh, dizziness every so often, or just like, oh, now you're really sleepy, you know, out of nowhere, or, or here comes a mood swing. Um, and I, uh, people are asking, like, are you feeling better? And I'm like, I am, but how it, how it is is like, it's less of it every day, which is true. Less of it every day. Yeah. But how it, but how I describe it is when uh, when it's not happening, it feels like it'll never come back, like it's done. And when it is happening, like the dizziness, it feels like it'll never leave. Hmm. Uh, so so it's it's that kind of roller coaster. So it's like having it's, the hiccups. Yes, yeah, so I guess it is. It is like ha- having the hiccups. Yeah. Except the feeling of uh, of the dizziness feels like so many. Th- you know, is, is, is kind of your warning sign for so many bad things that could be happening to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's like, uh, your body immediately goes, Oh shit. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, this is part of what this is. It's so it's okay. Uh, and, and yeah, so that's what it's been like for the, for the last of while. It's been, uh, hard to concentrate on things for long periods of time, which I'm not supposed to do. I'm supposed to basically stay off screens uh, during like the, these 10 days as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, not do any like real intense reading for any real per- period of time. So it's a uh, forced relaxation for, uh, <laughs> you know, but meanwhile, of course, work still has to be done. Yeah. So it's yeah. like trying to figure out ways around how to do work that doesn't involve uh, that. So later on to- today with the, with the letters, I'm probably going to need your help in reading the letters. Um, okay. But aside from that, uh, I'm feeling much better today than I have for the last couple of days. Yesterday I went and waited two and a half hours for, uh, the booster shot. Um, and, uh, and actually I think that wasn't too bad cause I was, I, I wasn't able to look at screens. It was just like a, a real slow walk for uh, two and a half hours, which actually turned out to be not too bad for me. Not great for a lot of people around me, but, uh, but, uh, but okay for me. So, so did you have an appointment, you have an appointment for your, yes. Hey, I just want to interrupt here. Let, can we? Can I call you back? Because I'm getting a weird echo. Please. I don't know if it's from the. Uh, oh wait, is that over now? Okay, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, I just gonna. So, did you have an appointment for the booster shot? Like, how come I you're did. in line? Yeah, both. Oh, so you had an appointment, but then you're also in line. Yes, there was a two and a half uh, hour line for people who had an appointment. Um, oh boy. I feel. I feel that what happened was they let some people, and by some I mean quite a few people in um uh as a drop-ins and without you know and and then by the time i got there they were just telling people you can't drop in there's no there's no not enough vaccine left oh okay okay drop-ins yeah and so people were uh, pretty upset about the not being able to do drop-in stuff um but what what i what i did with the um i got i i both p and i it's all medical talk today. Uh, <laughs> I got our vaccine, the last vaccine dose at the same time. Yeah. She got her notification. I got nothing. Uh, so um, I called in and was real nice and uh, and just asked, oh, just checking if I'm in the, in the pipeline. And I was told that, oh, yeah, there was a bit of a computer mess up and it sometimes needs a nudge. So they nudged it. And it was, oh, there's your appointment. I'm like, oh, okay. Glad we nudged the computer, whatever. <laughs> that means um it's like a pinball I, machine you have to yeah it, shake it, it it's on tilt yeah um we don't want to shake it too much because yeah the computer will tilt then, then you'll lose yeah you'll lose your turn yeah um so it was supposed to be late later this month uh but then there's an online site that you can go to and change your appointment if you want so i changed the appointment to the same time as my sister-in-law's and i also rebooked pia 
for the same time. So we all went in at the same time yesterday. So we all got to be in that lineup together. <laughs> well, I guess that's good. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is that it got done. Yes. So here's the other thing. Like today, I'm not sure like if I've got a bit of dizziness, if it's uh, or, or, you know, a little headache. And yeah. it's like, well, this could be um, a Moderna. Yeah. This could be post-concussion or this could be being in my 50s. Or doing the sh- doing Sneaky Dragon. Yeah, which is, you know, always a headache. <laughs> it's a big headache. <laughs> a delightful, wonderful headache. <laughs> anyway, wow, so that, that's, the, that's the update on me. So my advice to people is yeah. uh, don't fall backwards on the ice. Don't fall on your head. And and I, I for the first, I'll just say this real fast. Yeah. For the first, um, you know, day or two, I was, I was annoyed because December was a hell of a month. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, continued to be a hell of a month. And, uh, consistently. Yeah. Um, but then I sort of had this wave of like, oh yeah, you know, and thinking about like the day that I was doing this, it was actually a really beautiful day. Yeah. I was having a a really, really nice time. And then yes, I fell, but immediately I had a group of people who came and, and tried to help me. Yeah. Yeah. My wallet. Everyone (laughs) was like really helpful, like really nice. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, immediately I was able to call the person that I love the most and she came immediately and I was able to go and get treatment immediately, uh, for free. She shooed all those people away. She said, get out of here. Get out of here. He likes me best. I know y'all like that handsome kind of (laughs) thing in the back of his head look. Um, and, uh, not much, but it's fine. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, yeah, I got treatment for free, uh, by someone quite, nice and uh you know quite quickly mm-hmm. and so i'm like you know this is actually not too bad and now and now what i have to do for a week is relax yeah I'm like okay so this could have been infinitely worse and uh and everyone was was very kind and so yeah i am grateful for not the experience of hitting my head but i'm grateful for everything that's around it well that's and thank you for carrying the weight of the show and jason for carrying the weight of the show uh, <laughs> Last week, when I would have just been, <laughs> well, that would have been its own kind of entertainment, I suppose. Sure, you know, it's a. Uh, it would have been like a new one of those New Year's shows where the hosts get really drunk. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's what you're going except for. from a, except from a mild head wound. <laughs> so you, so you actually had blood. Yeah, I had. Uh, well, yeah, when I felt the back of my head, I could feel um, uh, that there, like later. I could feel that there was like some uh, some some blood back there, not too much. Did you get stitches? Nope. Oh, okay. I no, it see. wasn't. It was more like um, a road rash. Mm, I see. I see. But, but not any real like hair loss that I could see, mm-hmm. which is the most important thing to us fellows, right? <laughs> That's right. That just stuff doesn't grow back easily. Yeah, I tell you about that. Having <laughs> um, that. But yeah, there was a there was a bit of that. Like I asked, uh, and I also had like a I had a grapefruit bump uh, on huh? the back of my head, yeah. but it went away like that evening. Okay, okay, so swelling so, went down quite quickly. Yeah, that's good. That's good news. Yeah, everything everything you know that is the okay. Well, this would have been a bad sign. I didn't have mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. it's still not a good thing to fall backwards on your head and knock no, yourself out. No one's. I've, I've never been knocked out by impact before. Yeah. And, and, I've, and I've never seen any kind of like Facebook fitness class that uh, does that yet. So I've seen it on Fail Army a couple of times. <laughs> well, that's different. <laughs> it is weird now watching Fail Army and they they're like the person's fine. Are they though? <laughs> is that what they say now? They say the person's fine because people are too well, concerned. They do have it? a thing at the bottom, you know, when it looks like. Ooh, okay. Like, yeah, person person is okay. Yeah. We're, 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 
We're remarkably resilient, we'll say, yeah. Have you ever been uh, knocked out by impact? Uh, a couple of times, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did I think... you get memory loss from it? Nope, nope, nope. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, the first time I was in uh, grade four, I told the story in the show before because I, I was a terrible athlete as a kid. I was basically a baby giraffe my, for most of my <laughs> elementary school years. I had no, I had, you know, many limbs and I had no control over them. By the way, anyone who's drawing a caricature of Dave in the future, please, <laughs> please make him a baby giraffe. <laughs> and so I, uh, I was in, it was in gym. We were doing an indoor race around the gym in uh, grade four. And for the very first time in my life, I wasn't last. I was second to last. But I wasn't last. It was so amazing to me. And I turned to look at this person just to, you know, from just to, you know, for my own sake, you know, like, this is amazing. I have to remember this forever. I turned and looked at this person behind me. And then when I turned around and faced forwards, there was a volleyball pole right in front of me, which I promptly smashed into. Uh, but I guess I, I protected myself by, <laughs> by lowering my head and hitting it top of my head first. So I don't know right. if that was good or bad. I, you know, I didn't smash my face into it. So I, I kept my good grade four looks, but I, I, I got a, I got a, uh, I was knocked out. I woke up in the, in the nurse's room in the, in the school. And then my mom came and got me and she had to take me to the doctor. And I, I had to get stitches in my head, which was quite interesting because you, you know, they put a local anesthetic on, but because it's happening to your head, it's so audible. The, the needle going in and you could hear it scraping the, the bone. Oh. As it was going, because the needle, of course, the skin is and the bone are very close together. So, because your skull, so you could you could just hear it like, you know, it was very interesting. It wasn't painful because yeah. I had a local anesthetic, but it was just sort of interesting. And then I have this idea that I went back to school that day, but that doesn't sound right. Like that doesn't, no, that doesn't sound right. But it feels like I was back there again that afternoon. But that would be odd. But who knows? That was the seventies when Maybe you're kids, were, kids were rubber. Yeah, I mean, I got hit by a car and ended up going back to school later that afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's possible my mom was like, ah, I might as well drop him back off at school. He's fine. Yeah, you know, that does sound like the 70s. <laughs> yeah. Give you a pack of smokes and send you on your way. <laughs> it certainly does. Yeah. My second time, my second time, I was riding uh, at Lisa's mom and dad's farm. We were riding down down through the, down the field and we were galloping down the field. And I wasn't wearing a helmet because... You know, I didn't wear a seatbelt, so I would wear a helmet. But anyway, so I was racing along, and it was uh, it was like I think it was Thanksgiving. I'm pretty sure I was there for Thanksgiving, and we were zooming down. So the ground was quite hard; it was frozen. It's a very cold day, and I f I fell off off the horse and landed on my head. and And I don't know if I was knocked out or just kind of momentarily befuddled, but I right. I did you know, have a bad clonk on my head, but I was, and neither time did I have any concussion like symptoms. So that's good news. Mm -hmm. I'm still lots of ample room for more concussions, <laughs> you know, cause it, I think, you know, like if you have a couple when you're younger, if you are, you know, if you have a couple through your life, they get kind of progressively worse. Like we had a, a kid at work who had a couple of concussions in his teens and he was in a car accident. It wasn't really like a terrible car accident, but he did um, bump his head and during the car accident. And he was off work for almost two years. Because of oh, wow. because of concussion symptoms, like he couldn't he couldn't stand up without falling over for a while, and then he was able to stand up after a while, but he was still kind of wobbly on his feet, and it took him quite a while to 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 go through rehab and, and end up back back at work of all places. You do all that work, and then you just end up back at work. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the symptoms of a concussion that's like almost always the case is uh, immediately afterwards 
people will tell you the worst story they've ever heard about someone with a concussion. <laughs> That's the first, first one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you heard about that actor who, yes, yes, <laughs> seconds ago. Yes. Okay, well, you keep an eye on that because, uh Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to keep an eye on my head. <laughs> I will. I will pay attention to my head yeah. and things that I'm feeling. I not that I have a choice to not do that. Yeah, yeah. I will take it all seriously, and then yeah, of course they will tell that story because they must. Even though you're telling <laughs> well, them, like, yeah. no, I'm good. I don't want to hear. It. Like, no, no, because you know, really, this happened. Mm, yes, I don't want to hear that. Sure. And here's the story for you. Yeah, well, that's the same way you hear about the 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 seven week. Um, labor was when your wife's pregnant. You know, everyone. Oh, your wife's yeah. pregnant. Oh, my sister-in-law. She was in labor for seven weeks. I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. Thanks. That's, I, that's great. That's great. I hope. Hopefully, that doesn't happen to us. I guess. Thanks for. Yeah, you want to have a thing like where someone, <laughs> like I, I feel the thing to do is something random. It's like if you said to me, uh, "He and I, I was just in a, a car accident." I go, "Oh, I heard about this guy who won the lottery twice." <laughs> what? What's that got to do with anything? Yeah. At all, but neither does me telling you a story about someone else in a car accident. <laughs> so would you prefer to hear a story about a guy winning the lottery twice right now? Than a story about a car accident? Yes, I would. Then I will tell you this story instead. That's right. Although that makes me think that I could be in two car accidents. Okay, let me think of a different story. Yeah. Well, what Ooh, would we have a wood, guy... we have a woodpecker at our uh, feeder? Oh, you got a woodpecker? One of the uh, the red headed kind. I think. What are they called? Like the very variegated. I can't remember the name. There's a name for uh, it. Pal- the woody, paleated, paleated. That's the woody woodpecker. It is the woody woodpecker, but it's the paleated woodpecker. Oh, that's nice. We have some suet blocks in our feeder, so it they like those. Oh, we should you should have more fiber then. That'll get rid of those. <laughs> that's a little bit too much fatty uh, meat. In, in the you block. tell you tell him. Okay, fair enough. I think they spend a lot of time knocking on wood in order to eat pure fat. So I guess it's. Mm-hmm. We have one. We have one woodpecker, but it's normally like uh, doing his woodpecker business on some metal. Oh, really? So I think it's trying to get. <laughs> it's I, confused. I think it's trying to get the attention of uh, a lady woodpecker oh, yeah. also in the neighborhood. Could be, or yeah. or where he's tapping previously was a great place, and they've added some metal to it because the wood uh-huh. started to get kind of punky. So they made it just cladded the the wood to hide the fact that it's not looking so good. Well, that does sound like the start of a Woody Woodpecker cartoon. <laughs> that's, right. that's the old, that Swedish guy did that. And oh boy, he's just, yeah. does, is it, and you like, you know, and he didn't do anything wrong. He's just living his life. He's just chopping some wood or something. Oh, that's, yeah, that's you know? the Woody Woodpecker and thing though. he I, ends up I, in the hospital for some reason. Is Yeah, I'm actually, yeah, he's he's got that. Yeah, <laughs> and then he's at a ski lodge with a cast on his leg. Like, what? Uh, the only hospital available was the ski lodge one. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. We're all out of coke- uh, cocaine. Don't We're all out of hot cocoa. <laughs> you really messed up my spleen. <laughs> I'm a walrus. <laughs> I should be going after the chili Billy. Wait a second. Pecker, Willie. Is everything a penis name in Walter Lance? Jesus Christ, Lance. Everything's phallic in Walter Lance cartoons. I just realized that. Hmm. Yeah, Walter Lance has like the big Lance, which of yeah, course yeah, his, symbolizes, his, you know, sure. uh, male virility. Then he's got Woody Woodpecker, yeah. Chili Willie, mm-hmm. Artie Johnson. No, there's nothing. <laughs> You've run out of. You run. Out of, yeah. only, it's only two characters in the uh, Woody Rod Woodpecker. McBoner, the, oh uh, yeah, <laughs> the living yeah. fishing rod. Yeah, that's right. That is weird though to have like two different characters that are your two main characters, and both of them have uh, you know phallic names. Sure. I guess I guess Warner Brothers, it's Looney Tunes. Yeah. And Bugs Bunny, Bugs means crazy. Yeah. Daffy means crazy. Yeah. 
So, you know, you pick a theme and you go with it. Sure, that's the only way to do it. Yeah, it's like the one cartoon is like all crazy and the other one is all boners. <laughs> time time for a uh, time for a dissertation. Yeah, and Heckle and Jekyll, I get well no, they were They were yeah, they were Terry Tunes, yeah. That was a completely different situation. Yeah. Sorry, I can't think of any other characters for Walter Lance. I think I think Walter Lance worked for Paul Terry, didn't he? I think they're both notorious cheapsters anyway. Yeah, I'm not really sure. But I was wrong in that, you know, I said like something bad would happen and then then uh, you know Woody would get revenge. Woody's deal was he would pick a fight. Yeah, no, like, I was going to say he's the bad thing that happened. Yeah, he's the one who's the <laughs> asshole who's, yeah. you know, yeah. just doing some shit and the other guy's trying to do nothing. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like that Bugs is- Bunny where like, you know, someone like tried to kill him or, you know, or yeah. Impacted him in some way, you know. Tried to build a, a skyscraper on over top of his rabbit hole or something. Yeah, you, you can see there was. Yeah, yeah. Is of course you know this means war and uh, Woody Woodpecker is you want to fight fuckface? Like, Whoa! This is the first like ten seconds of the movie. Yeah, his, his was his was life is war. Yeah. Yeah, just like he just wants to. Okay, here we go. Uh, well, this is weird. Okay. Okay, the most prominent characters for the Walter Land Studios were Woody Woodpecker, mm-hmm. okay, Chili Willie, yep. Andy Panda. Okay. Mm, you can't really get anything out of that. <laughs> and and Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, but that's well, yeah, that's Walt Disney. It wasn't Walt Disney though. It belonged. It, oh, Oswald belonged to uh, Iwerks, I believe, the person who who was a partner with uh, with Walt Disney for many years. Uh-huh. And I guess there. And I think. Oh no, I'm wrong again. Oswald, I'm always wrong. I think Oswald the Lucky Rabbit belonged to another company, and that and that Disney was was um, like animating it, and then they reached some kind of like pro- problem, and that's basically why he had to create Mickey Mouse really quickly because he needed a, a, a new character because Oswald had dropped out of his. Uh, I think that's I. You know what? We have people who listen to the show that that are like scholars of animation. They certainly are, and they will. They will, without a doubt, write in and correct me, and I welcome that. I have okay, no, well, I have no ego in this show. All right, just to just to warm myself back up to doing this show, I'm yeah, going to yeah. do the Ian quizzes Dave uh, portion of the show. <laughs> okay, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Yeah, has been voiced by many, many people. Okay, okay. So the first voicer yeah. of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Okay. Is someone we've been talking about on this episode already? Who was so, that? Walt Disney? No, oh, it wasn't Walt got Disney. The first name right? I got the first name right. You got the first name right. Who is the person who was uh, the voice of uh, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit originally? Nineteen twenty-nine. And we've already talked about this person. We have talked about this person extensively. Oh, not on this episode, but on during yes, this episode <laughs> extensively. We did. Yes, name is, sir. The name is Walt. Well, uh, full uh, fuller version of that name, but yes. Oh, Walter Lance did it? Yes, Walter Lance was the first voice. Oh, wow. Uh, Trolley Troubles was the first Oswald the Lucky Rabbit cartoon, but that was in 27. The first time he was voiced was by Walter Lance from uh, 1929 uh, to 1935, off and on. Mm. Uh, and then fit, the last time he voiced him was in 1937. But... In between that time, other people voiced him. Mm. I will give you some clues now as to people who have voiced him. All right. Uh, one was the number one box office star for three years in a row. In the 30s? Um, part of the 30s. Oh, okay. <laughs> the number one box office star for three years in a row. Was it a woman or was it a man? It is a man. Number one box office star. I'll go 39 to 41. I'll tell you the years. 
Number one box office star, 1939 to 1941. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. That late. Not that, that later. Okay. Um, number one box office star. Oh, man. Who would have been the number one box office star then? And who likes to talk about it? Like to talk about it a lot, but uh, they were the number one box office star. Oh. I, that, that's not a good clue. I can't, I can't think of that. So I'll just try and, I'm going to guess, uh, was it Clark Gable? <laughs> it was uh, Mickey Rooney. Oh, Mickey Rooney. Was he the number one box office star in those? Yeah, 39 to 41. Wow. He was huge, yeah. I Mickey guess he Rooney. was. I guess he had the Andy Hardy, and then he was doing those uh, the Judy Holly musical, or Judy yeah, Garland musicals, I should say. It used to be a Dana Carvey impression that he'd do on Saturday Night Live. Oh, it's the number one box office star in the world. <laughs> oh, in the world. Yeah. He had it all. Okay, so uh, so he was the voice in 1931. Okay. 1932, okay. the voice of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit was someone who I would consider, not Chuck Jones, someone who I would consider uh, one of the funniest uh, animation directors of all time. Well, I mean, that's very, uh, but I would say Tex Avery. Yep, you're right. Okay. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I was gonna say so, it was very subjective, but it was, we both agreed, yeah, so it's not Avery subjective. Voice from 32 to 33. All right. All right. All right. Uh, um, huh. I would say like the most uh, well-known woman and the most well-known man in 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 uh, cartoon voices also okay. did the voices of uh, of uh, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Who are those two? Who's the who's the woman? Who's the man? I think, well, Mel Blanc would be the most well-known. That's correct. 1957, he did the voice. And then June Foray would, to me, June be the Foray most. June Foray did it, 1943, 1947. Absolutely. Hmm. Okay. And finally, finally, this uh, this uh, voice uh, person yep. has <laughs> done it from 2010 oh. to the present. Yeah. Uh, this is a classic, as in classic as in 1960s uh, cartoon voice uh, person, best known for doing, I would say, animals. Oh, I was gonna say I was gonna say Don Mess- Messick. Is it Don? Is nope. It? Still with us. Oh, still with us. And did animals? Uh, most famous for doing an animal specifically, but also uh, played a human character uh, who uh, worked alongside that animal, and uh, and and still does modern cartoons to this day. Hmm. Adult cartoons as well as you know uh, kids cartoons from the sixties. Uh, most on. famous for doing a kids series. Or an all-ages series, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, where he plays an animal that has run yeah. pretty much cons- consistently from the 60s to now uh, in various forms. Huh. Still doing it. Uh, oh, man. I don't know. Who did, of, did an animal, did uh, an alien, a famous alien in, uh, or oh, not famous alien, but did an alien voice in Futurama on the regular as well. And then most of the animals on Futurama. I'm sorry. I don't know who that would be. Well, the answer, my friend, yeah, is Frank really... Welker, oh, the voice of Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. I just, oh, sorry, I got his name. I got his. I couldn't remember his name. That's who I was thinking of when I said uh, I said Don, whatever his name was. I'm Frank Welker. I'm sorry. Yes, I, that, I, I would. I knew that, except I couldn't remember his name. How, yeah. How's that? How's that for the <laughs> the cheapest? I was sort of right uh, uh, response ever. Um, you yeah. Fine, you did fine. Frank Welker. Yes, yes. You did fine. Yeah, the voice of Scooby Doo. Playing yes. Scooby Doo, I would say. Yes, very. That's very rue. Whoa, that's interesting. What's that? Uh, he is. Uh, he is the third highest grossing actor of all time. Because <laughs> he is. That's really? amazing. I guess because yeah. he's got. He's worked for so long, and he must have yeah. like great residuals from all all the stuff that he's done. It's a total worldwide box office gross of all the films he's been in. Yeah. Uh, seventeen point four billion dollars. 
Now that's not his money. That's just like no, the movies have not, made that. He yeah. does not get all that money. <laughs> that's just but... probably he does. You know, he gets some. Yeah, yeah. No, he does all right. But like, if you add up all the movies he's yeah. been in, yeah, he is the highest, uh, third highest grossing actor of all time. Wow. Yeah, he is. Uh, he has got uh, over eight hundred and sixty film, television, and video game credits. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty damn good. Well done, you. <laughs> Uh, Frank Welker. Yes, Frank Welker. And if you need someone to do an animal, he will do a damn animal. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. He also was on the Dean Martin Celebrity Roast. He was? Yeah. Oh. He was on the roast to George Burns. Oh, okay. Yeah. He uh, did impressions of Walter Cronkite, Henry Kissinger, Muhammad Ali, David Frost, and Jimmy Carter. Very specific. Very era specific. Very, very era specific. You're correct. <laughs> wow. So he was a, was he a well-known caricature? Like a impersonator looks like he was an impressionist as well yeah yeah, yeah hmm. he was on uh he was a semi-regular on uh laughing uh so i didn't know that no i didn't know that either. yeah probably the only person who was on laughing and the mortal kombat movie <laughs> Artie johnson was also in there yeah that's true Artie johnson who yeah. again we have mentioned once before on this show, <laughs> on this show as well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's two Arnie Johnson references. That's my only. Oh, I guess Ruth Buzzy. I should. I said Ruth Buzzy was also in Mortal Kombat, and in uh, her old woman character. What Canadian uh, television show did she start off? It was a laugh-in uh, kind of, uh, not rip-off, but it was the same format as laugh-in. Mm. I, I have no idea. That would be. You can't do that on television. What the kid show? Yeah, she was in the original version of You Can't Do That on Television. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Like for I like. Oh, okay. She went off. She she went off, and uh, then it continued. And yeah, hosted I, by you know Moose. And, I was gonna uh, say I only remember Moose. That's all I can remember of that. Show. And then Alanis Morissette was on the show, and yeah. But who remembers Alanis Morissette? We only remember Alanis Morissette. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Yeah, she was like she was like the she was like the linchpin. She was the the keystone of that show for mm -hmm. many many years. I think eventually she she was there for so long she didn't have to get slimed anymore. She could you know it's kind of. Yeah, do you think the Keystone Cops ever had to deal with murders? Yes. Okay. Yes, quite regularly. But they took that shit seriously. <laughs> no, not at all. It's okay. still a shit show. Oh, okay. Yeah, dropping the corpse on the stairs. <laughs> that would be funny to do like a real dark, you know, basically British style, you know, uh, you know, th those kind of crimes, but then the yeah. Keystone Cops show up. <laughs> Yeah, that would would be something. That would be something. Okay, well we'll we'll pitch that later on. Let's let's put it together. I can see so, I can see um, I can see millions in our future. Um, now uh, I had a question because I haven't listened to last week's show. Sorry about that. Um, I, I, I predicted it would be the only one you'd listen to. Oh no, it's just because I can't I, was. I can't focus on stuff. I know. One day I'll, I'll take a hot bath and I'll listen to it. <laughs> um, is Jason Dedrick? Yes. Uh, yeah, favorite my... guest on the show. Um, is, uh, is he still doing his podcast? Well, he was very vague about it. I did, ah. I did try to corner him, ah. but he, he, he did a, he did a, what, what I like to call a Dedrick turn okay. and, uh, changed the subject quite ably, but he said that he has one in the can, <laughs> but that he has not edited it yet. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, I don't know when he plans to edit that or what, I don't, I don't know, but he has one in the can, he said. All right. So. And I said, oh, well, I do, what, do what I do. Just listen to every three minutes of the show and get it out there. That's right. And listen to it in the can. <laughs> that doesn't hurt. 
Suddenly, everything you said seems so much better. The echo adds so much more gravitas <laughs> to the frontier. Sorry, next week we're going to be okay. Uh, I've uh, unless unless one of us has COVID, which we're not going to. We're, not gonna get it. <laughs> we're knocking on all the wood. Yeah. Um, no, I'm getting my booster I, shot next week, so I'm I'm good. Oh, good stuff. Okay, I will be uh, seven. Uh, I'll be a week into it, which I, I think. Oh, is safe. oh, oh. Yeah, loobity boo. Um, how are things going at work? Has anyone come down with it over there? No, we've been really good. We haven't had any yeah. anyone uh, knock wood, but I mean, Doctor Bonnie is saying now we should expect to lose one third of our workforce over the next period. So, <laughs> so yeah, have... that's with if I'm if I'm thinking about almost everyone I know, that sounds about right. Mm. You know, my agent's family uh, okay. has it. Uh, a whole bunch of people I know, yeah, have, who have all been like really trying to be super careful, but eh, they just got it. Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of times it's like one family member has it, and so it's them isolating and everyone else waiting to see what's what. The um, our uh, this one driver who comes to work, I mentioned him before. I think he's he is not vaccinated, and he's saying at work that he is at his place where he delivers at the doors. He's being discriminated against by people there because he is not vaccinated. Oh, poor he's, guy. He said, I am not an anti-vaxxer. I said, I said, oh, did you get vaccinated? He said, no, I didn't. I said, well, you're an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> so, you know, otherwise, you would be vaccinated. If you were yeah. pro-vaccine, you'd be vaccinated. You know, he said, I've, I got vaccinated for, for shingles. I said, okay. I got vaccinated when I was... And then I, he said, uh, I, have, I got vaccinated for... No, he said, I got vaccinated for, you know, pol-. he says, I have a, a pockmark on my arm. And indicating that that's a sign that he's not that he's not an anti-vaxxer. I said, well, that means your mom was pro-vax vaccination. Yeah. You had no choice when you got that uh, mark on your arm. But he did say he got the shingles uh, um, vaccination. I, I and I'm like, well, what is the difference? Like, what do you know about the shingles vaccine that you know that makes you suspicious of the of the COVID? Like, what is the difference between them? Like, what makes you suspicious? Like, why do you have fear or questions about the covid vaccine that you didn't have about the shingles one like is it you don't take covid seriously because you got it and you went into the icu so you must take it seriously so then what about it and he really couldn't explain that yeah because it's not based in it's not an intellectual decision people are making it's an emotional decision and maybe that's the same for us taking it that we're, we're we don't have like an intel i mean very i think none of us are like researching it we're just going like we're like, I can't wait for there to be a vaccine. Then like, there's a vaccine. We're like, I'm taking it. So it's, you know, and it feels like that should be your reaction though. You know, let's get back to normal. Let's not have this thing constantly mutating because it can just flow through the the population. But apparently that's not a popular idea amongst particular segments of the population, you know. Uh, nuts. Yeah. It's like, uh, like what's, what's that called? I think we've, we've talked about this on the show before. What's that called when you're uh, gambling in Vegas? And you've uh, bet so much that you can't stop betting because you know you've you've already committed so mm. much to it that you can't leave with a little. You've got to like bet it all or nothing. I don't. It's, you've you brought it up. I don't. I don't know what it's called. So. Yeah, but there is there is definitely a psychological thing that's that, which is like yeah, you know, where you you have to like you're, you you got to keep going because otherwise you can't just leave with a little. Well, no, um, I think I think you're right. I think that's part part of it is people have so. Like, it feels like people have not just invested, like, they're not, they're like personally, emotionally invested in the, in this outcome, you know, and that's, and that's kind of weird. Like, it doesn't feel like that's how you should be approaching it, but that's, that is totally the way people are approaching it is, is that they're, they're, they have an emotional investment in this, in what's going to happen. And, and it's weird. It's really weird. Like, 
you know it's just odd to have that kind of uh you know kind of black white us versus them mentality about medicine you know like it's just weird like is it is it that you think it like this is definitely a very frustrating time uh, and and during a frustrating time, you want to, like I I mean I've I've lost a lot because of this, um, uh, and you want to have an enemy if you can. Yeah. And like the idea of like you know it's the government, you know, or <laughs> or it's that or it's that lady who comes on and talks about it every night and doesn't yeah. seem to have a full solution. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's like that's who I'm mad at, and and you know you just you just have to be mad at someone. You got to mm-hmm. have a them. Yeah. To be mad at because you can't be mad at a, a free floating freaking disease yeah that's that's in the air but you but you're angry and you gotta have that so maybe it you know help maybe it helps to have that yeah yeah but it's just weird like the game plan of like you know are they gonna be laughing like afterwards and just go oh you suckers you know (laughs) with you heart with your heart disease or whatever yeah Yeah. or you you know like i i I just yeah i just kind of got into that recently with uh with some people online you know as you do um uh, where it was just like a whole bunch of bad information and it was like you know maybe we should knock this off now maybe this is dangerous <laughs> and maybe this isn't funny anymore and maybe yeah. you know and and i you know my thing is always like okay be funnier or more correct either, either of the two. yeah you can't have you can't have, can't have it all this unfunny bullshit ain't ain't doing anything yeah and you know, people always come on with the like, I'm not anti-vax, but and yeah. it's like but you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you are, what? and you're <laughs> spreading it. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm not pro fire. I just like mm-hmm. my oily rag collection in the basement of the building that you live in. Yeah. Like, why is it your business if there's a fire in the basement? You live on the third floor. Yeah. It's like, yeah, because how it works is. Ugh. Yeah, it is frustrating, and what what also makes it frustrating is sort of bad faith arguments, or or just I guess bad faith behavior. You know, like there's a, an acquaintance of both of ours, someone that we I probably knew better than you, but you know she is she does the same thing. She's like, oh, I'm not anti-vax. You know, I'm just trying to be reasonable about this, and then she'll post some something wrong. You know, like say a link to some discredited. There's a discredited. Uh, pediatric doctor in Ontario who's done a lot of wrong by by promoting a lot of garbage about COVID. And then they'll post to that person with this sort of understanding like this doctor knows, this is the doctor we're talking about. And then when you investigate it, you're like, well, this doctor is very controversial because their opinions are very you know, they're very minority opinions, minority of one basically. Yeah. And but but the thing is, is that when she posts this, then she's like, "Oh, I know I'm going to get in trouble for posting this, so I'm signing out. Of, I'm signing off Twitter now." And so then she's gone. So she like, you know, leaves this big giant fart, and then she like leaves the room, and you're left with like, <laughs> the elevator. Yeah, we have to smell it, and you know, and she dealt it, and we're smelling it, you know, and it's just not, it's just weird. Like it just feels so bad faith. Like it's, you're just like, oh, here's something that's wrong. I'm going to put it here uh, with it has a veneer of, of you know reality to it people who aren't curious aren't going to investigate they're just going to it's just going to confirm their bias or not bye and then well that's garbage because what you can't there's nothing you can say about it you can't have a back and forth or anything it's just it's just dumb and then if you do of course then it's just you're just going to get blocked anyway so what's the point yeah my it's it's like if you and and there's there's people on both sides of this like as in you know there's the obviously there's the right wingers who have made it a political thing where you know it's uh, you know the, the you know at least especially in the states 
But then, but then you've also got the left. They got the hippies. Let me just say the hippies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who who will just tell you, you know, everything you need is on the farm. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. nothing the government's going to give you that you know you can't get sure. in your whole backyard. Yeah. It's like no, that's hundred percent bullshit. You know, you don't have a polio bush back there. <laughs> you know, you yeah. Enough uh, the berries. You know, you yeah. will get defend- no. Yeah. This, like oh my oh my well, word! You're you're right. Like, I mean, that's one of one of my major beefs about about the '60s and hippies and stuff like that is that element of you know, and it's very popular the idea that don't trust authority. You know, which sounds good. You're like, I don't trust authority. What do they know? Well, at the same time, yeah, they know a lot because that they're authorities on what they're talking about. Unlike you, ding dong, who you know just like spouting a bunch of nonsense. Like when I had cancer, my mom got a phone call from some relative she'd never met in her, her life. She, some lady who lives up in the interior phone and told my mom to make sure that I didn't get, not to get chemo because chemo's poison, but that she should just go down, she should go down to the creek every day and get me fresh water, bring me fresh water from the creek. And she had some other suggestions. I can't remember they were now. And, you know, my mom, I guess my mom was very polite, but she hung up and just said, you know, well, that woman was insane. Like, where does she think we live? Go down to the creek, go get water. Go to the ditch, mom, and get some water out of there, would you? We didn't have ditches. We had sewers. We had, you know, our dishes were all... fight off the possum. (laughs) It was just so, you know, and that's just not helpful. Like, that's your advice to people, you know? Like, I remember um, we had, I don't want to call them friends, because that makes it seem like I like them, but we had acquaintances that were very, very evangelical. Like, unpleasantly evangelical. I know evangelical people, but these people were unpleasantly evangelical, and still are, to be honest with you. Uh, and I remember him telling me that some employee of his at work had cancer and he inv- advised him to not get chemo and to follow some treatment that he would got off some, you know, YouTube thing. And I'm, I mean, fortunately, this person recovered. Well, it's, I have two, I have two feelings about it. Fortunately, he recovered. Unfortunately, he recovered. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, you feel like when something like that happens that there should be some lesson in there that you shouldn't be doing that. You need to go to the doctor and follow your doctor's advice. You know, you shouldn't go to your boss and then have your boss look it up on YouTube and give you some crazy diet that he f- discovered on there. No, I'm, a, I'm fine with getting multiple doctor's advice. That's fine. If you don't, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, because definitely, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, I was like asking for advice on a subject. Yeah. And, uh, and went like, huh. And then went to another doctor, got radically different advice. And I went to another doctor, got radically different advice. I went, this is interesting to know. And it was like about a minor <laughs> thing, but it was like, hmm, yeah. okay, so. If anything big goes down, I'm going to get a couple of opinions on mm, this yeah. and just figure this out. Because, yeah, there is there was some consistent latency and some not. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they're not all coming from a place of actual expertise and not just going, go to the crick. <laughs> well, I mean, in all medicine, there's an element of voodoo, right? Where we have done this or this thing has been done and it worked, but we don't really know why. Right. And so those sort of things, I think, are, are a part, can be a part of medicine for sure. But, you know, generally there's like best practice, you know, and, and if it's to me, it feels like, you know, our best practice over the last, you know, 75 years or more now, 85, 90 years, like ever since World War I, basically, has been chemotherapy. It's been the most successful yeah. uh, way to treat, to treat cancer. So it doesn't work for all cancers, but for any kind of fast growing cancer, it is a really effective way to, get rid of cancer a diet an all-meat diet that you heard about on youtube is not an effective way to get rid of cancer you know you you know and i have no idea what the eventual outcome for this person was but uh to me 
someone like that stepping in and recommending that you not listen to your doctor and that you go on some sort of uh, faddish diet that you heard about on on YouTube is tantamount to murder. So it's you know I just I just feel so irresponsible as to be beyond beyond uh, understanding to me. And yeah, this guy thinks of himself as you know he's a God fearing. He's he's better you know he's better than me. God loves him more than God loves me. You know in his his mind you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing. I also like, uh, and again, we've talked about this. And uh, I don't believe as we've talked about things. You've... Well, I don't know. I have a head wound, so I, I <laughs> that's true. You're just imagining it. Yeah, I could be. Well, tell me um, what tell me what you think we've talked about, and I'll tell you if we talked about it. Uh, have we talked about chocolate bars? Because I'd like to list my favorite ones. <laughs> Never. Yeah. By the way, I've got a box of Turkish delight that's been on this table now for three weeks. Oh. So uh, next week you're getting that. Oh, okay, great. Right, that. great. Um, what I was gonna say was uh, when uh, well, I have in, a box of Australian chocolates that I haven't even dipped into yet because oh, they're supposed to go to. I've been showing off the picture of that that you put up. <laughs> so good. Um, I, I hear that cures cancer. Actually, I've heard that. I, that is the one thing I will take of as hearsay. Fix you right up, <laughs> but you got to dip them in the crick. Yes. But there's a crock in the crick. Oh, just got rid of the crick crock, and then uh, you know, there you go. Blimey. Um, but I just remember, like it, it was like uh, year was 1990, I believe, or very close to it. Sure. Um, and I was, uh, I was, I was on tour with uh, hippies, bless them. <laughs> um, and yep. they were, they were, it, it, they, they lived in Nelson, BC, and they lived, and some of them lived. Uh, Nelson was too big a city. So they had to live like far away because they couldn't stand that big city living of yeah. Nelson, D.C. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, we had a discussion about whether or not anyone was uh, coming up with a cure for uh, HIV. Okay. And, and and their thing was at least like two of them uh, were like no because the government wants to kill off uh, gay people and that's what this uh, disease is and so they're not going to let a cure go through. What the big pharma companies will do is they'll keep making money. Uh, as, as as much as they can, uh, but they'll they'll never be a, a cure uh, for HIV or AIDS. There there won't be, and no one's working on it. And at the time, both me and another person who were in the group uh, from Vancouver yeah. knew people who were actively working <laughs> yeah, on it. Yeah, and we were saying, no, we don't. No, they're not. Mm, they are though. <laughs> it's like no, they're not. It's like, uh, and they just couldn't put their heads around the idea that the government. Yeah who they mistrusted so much yeah. would be doing anything uh, connected to uh, helping with a disease that was affecting, uh, you know, people who were gay. Yeah. You know, predominantly. And uh, it was like, no, that's impossible. That's not kind of thing. And that's, that's the thing. Now you can't talk to people now and just go like, no, they're they're People are working on it. This is all they're working on. No, no, it's just about profit. You know, that's why there's so many you know, uh, vaccines because, you know, it's profitable and they're never, this is never going away. And it's like, Oh, just it's it never stops, never stop. And meanwhile, of course, back then you yeah. had the right side of things, you know, <laughs> with like Reagan and whatnot. Not not even mentioning that this disease existed, except to call it like gay cancer. Yeah. You know? So yeah. So yeah, on the right you had you know that, and on the left you had that, and it's like yeah, and it's the same same deal now, you know. And then you just need to be somewhat in the middle to go like I'll take the vaccine, sure. <laughs> Is it working? Seems to. Okay, so what's happening? Well, the symptoms are mild now, so that proves it's fake. No, that proves it works. What the hell? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, uh, uh, uh. 
But it was nice, you know, for all that it was frustrating to be in a two and a half hour lineup. It was like, well, these people believe it. So that's good. <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah, I guess that's it. All these people want to want to have this. Uh... Yeah. Though I'm not sure, like, what they expected, uh, you know, people who weren't able to, like, stand for, like, two and a half hours in a lineup and not pee to do, like, you know, it was lucky we all seemed to be in fairly good health and able to do, able to do this. But just like some people can't stand for this long. Yeah, this is uh, this is not acceptable, especially when like half of the time was spent outside. Yeah. You know, on, uh, you know, January 6th in Canada, you know, that's <laughs> that's no way to go, you know, with, uh, with 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 giving out the vaccine for the disease. No. So, you know, and it's been unseasonably cold here. Mm hmm. And from what I've heard, there's ice on the ground. I heard some people have been slipping. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember, Dave. Slip sliding away. Yeah, I may have seen The Matrix. I don't know. I didn't see The Matrix. But I could have and then fell down and just I, forgot it. I saw it. Oh, did you see? Oh, what? not the new one, though. Yep. Oh, did you see the new one? Okay. Yeah, I did. Without spoiling, what do you think? It was, it was okay. All right. It was fine. It wasn't, it wasn't you terrible. Take it our, you take it up with our friend Steve. He worked on that. So you take it up with Steve if you didn't like it. Yeah. No, no. I thought, you take it up with him. Well, he's worked on all of them, and some of them I did not like at all. I thought it was, I thought it was better than, than the, the, the uh, other the prequels, the, the original sequels or whatever, I should say. Not prequels, the original sequels. Yeah, there was no prequels. No well, prequels. there was prequels. Uh, the Animani- Animaniacs. The, <laughs> ironically, the Animaniacs was a, was a prequel to The Matrix. Did you know that? Yeah, I did not know that, but there you go. Yeah. That makes sense. The now. Animatrix. Yeah. yeah, yeah, The Animatrix. I've not seen The Animatrix. I've never... Some never are good, it. some are not. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So if you liked heavy metal, maybe you'll like this. It's not a million miles away. I mean, my feeling about all those films is kind of the same, you know, and I, I've kind of come around to, to, I've very much warmed to your opinion that Star Wars should just be one movie. <laughs> I know I really do like Empire Strikes Back a lot as a film, and I think it's a, a, you know, a really well-made movie. But at the same time, I feel like there's no need for, for that film. And I feel the same way about The Matrix. Like, that's just a perfect film. It ends with a great feeling of, of, of hope and, and possibility. You know, and when and 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 when you watch it, you know, you're when you get to that end final scene and Rage Against the Machine are yelling at you, and you're just like, "This is great! Like, what, what could, what can happen next? This is amazing! Like, I can't, what, 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 you know?" And you're just like, "And that's it. That's where it should stop." You know, like if you can't top that, then that's yeah. where you should stop. And clearly, they could not top that. The next film, which has a great action set piece in in the freeway yeah, chase. There's a couple of good things in it for sure. But overall, the film is is a real flat pancake, and it's real, and it and then the final one is just so. I mean, to be honest with you, I have almost no memory of the third one. I may have fallen asleep during it. I but, remember there was a giant baby head. Yeah, like I, it comes down to him talking to a giant mechanical baby head, and you know it it should have been going hello. Yeah, and there's hello, some Nemo. and there's some hello. kind of like a concept of like this idea that it's just a repeating cycle of of creation and destruction and that you know and that this ha- this happens over and over again and you just and then the movie ends and it's kind of like mud and rain and you're just like ugh bleh, don't like it it's not it's not fun like the matrix is fun the matrix is the exploration of this you know i know it's not a real world but it's fun to watch them in this unreal world doing their unreal things in this unreal world it's not well, it kind of starts with him yeah, it does have him in an office and there's grounded things yeah yeah you know instead of it's it's all in crazy town yeah yeah, yeah. and i thought that the new one has more of that to it. it has okay. more a more of the first one to it than it does of the latter. 
And there's some things about it that I didn't appreciate, and there's some things about it that I, I did appreciate. And I, one thing I appreciated about it was that it didn't age down, you know, the actors. It didn't get rid of, of Keanu Reeves, and it didn't get rid of, of uh, Carrie Ann Moss. You know, so you have people who are in their 50s uh, doing a little bit of action. The problem with people in their 50s doing action, of course, is that they're in their 50s. <laughs> they're doing action, which is not easy to do. You know, it's a lot easier to do when you're in your in your 20s or 30s to do action than it is when you get older. So there is that. And, and to be honest with you, I think it must be Lily who is the, the action director and Lana is the idea person. I don't, I don't know what their exact roles are, but the action sequences are very badly filmed, particularly a train fight in the, in, in four. It's really a mess to me. And it could be that they're just trying to like make us feel as confused as some of the characters are that are involved in it. But if they're all kind of like that, it's just, it's not really like a great action film. So that, and that's part of what makes the matrix great is it's one of the greatest, you know, examples of like, kung fu gun porn you've ever seen in your life you know and and uh and that's what made it you know so exciting in the theater was just kind of like this heightened you know you like hong kong cinema well you're gonna fucking love the guns in this movie you know and and also how about you feel about martial arts well martial arts are all over the place and also we're gonna stop the action so we can move the camera around and and you're just your mind's gonna get blown you know yeah and it was at a time when there was two other movies that had similar ideas but they didn't have that. Which which so were the movies? Sorry, Thirteenth Floor and Existence. I, Existence, I wouldn't put in that, but because it's, well, it's, it's like you plug, you literally plug in. Yeah, I, okay, I see what you, I see what you mean, but it's just, it's it's such a different treatment you of it. Don't go into the head; you go into yeah. the spine. Because exist, existence is existence is more like a, a paranoia paranoia what is reality film whereas Matrix does have that element too but it ha- really has its cake and eat it too by like exploiting that ex- having like so oh, much no, fun Matrix exploiting is the that better world. movie of the bunch even though Existence does again have I, scenes I like Existence a lot Putting actually the uh, gun made of bones that's awesome pretty- that's awesome I just like. I kind of like the same way I like about video dramas. I love that. I love Cronenberg's fun with like when when does reality end and when is when and when does the dreamscape start and all. You know, you just you just never know, and it's kind of fun. I mean, you can guess obviously, like video drama, you can guess when when the when reality ends and you're just watching like a dream. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I yeah. But anyway, and I can't I can't remember what the thirteenth floor is really about. No, I did not see that one. I did not. I just I I remember I saw it. Saw the Paradise Theater. Mm. But I just remember at the time there was like three movies coming out with the. There's another reality. Mm. Mm. Kind of jack into. Yeah. And then uh, wait a second, is this reality or is this reality? Wait a minute, (laughs) is this? Where's the line? I don't know. And so by the time I saw Matrix, which was the third one. Yeah. Okay, here we go again. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, the action was 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 really good. And then, it, but then it was confusing to me. This was a confusing bit. Okay. Was like so, Keanu Reeves and uh, you know uh, whatever Neo and Trinity are the heroes. Yeah. But they re- they set up clearly that um, you know when uh, when you kill someone in the Matrix, you kill them in real life. Okay. And so you've got that big scene at the uh, at the end where you know they're shooting up the room with all the people in it, and like. Well, you're killing a lot of people like and these people are just people like they they're not villains by any means yeah you know, these aren't the bad guys yeah you're just killing a lot of people yeah and it's like are we why why am i why am i rooting for you here because it feels like i know you're you got a greater good situation going on but that's a lot of innocent people you're mowing down yeah but is it is it the people who have re-entered the matrix or is it people who are the battery system because it feels to me like that doesn't make sense for them to be killing off the batteries, right? Like it would be kind of weird. Like, so would... do you think that the, the do you think like the guards 
that Keanu is, sh- is shooting yeah. are just uh, like computer programs. They're not people. No, no, I think they're people, but I think they'll just reboot into the system. Ooh, okay, I gotta, I gotta get a reason for, like that. I gotta get someone in the movie saying that's what happens because it feels like okay. Well, yeah, because it just, it just, it just, it just feels weird to me. Like, why would the machines be like dumping? Uh, maybe that's the their problem with the people who keep coming into the matrix and <laughs> killing things is that they're they're wrecking the batteries. Like that's what because yeah, that's what they call uh, us, right? They call us copper tops because yeah, we we are just Duracell, yeah. we are just part of these these giant towers of uh, of you know producing electricity for the machines. And so it would seem weird to me that they would have like a built in system that that. You know, like it would make sense, like when we die, because we do, we are growing, like we are aging in those pods. You know, we're still living our life. We're just not experiencing life in reality. We're experiencing it in a in a in a um, virtual way. Yeah. And so you're not really going to die because it's just a virtual life. You know. So, but I I I just would I just assumed that it was for the people who were re-entering it because they their con- connection is different than the people who are still batteries to to the matrix. Well, I know but that I, when... But I could be wrong. I, I have no idea. When an agent takes over a person, yeah. they're dead. So if, if an agent takes over a person, then it's okay, shoot them. Who, because they're already, they're already killed. Uh, so if, if, if the agents had possessed the security guards, yeah. you know, then, mm, yeah, there you go. But it was always weird. It was like, you're killing people who don't know they're in the Matrix. Yeah, yeah. Who are just doing their job. And uh, we're and you're the <laughs> hero. And we're yeah. supposed to be rooting for you. Yeah. That's the one weird scene in the Matrix for me. I still love. I still love it, though. No, it's a great scene. But <laughs> so, I, I scene. see what you. I see what you're saying. Of course, it's at like the same if time as Western film, and the yeah. good guy rode into town and slaughtered the town, and uh, but it was for the greater good. And you're like, yeah, hmm, really good shot. But like, then you then you get into the existential argument that um, Joe Pantalone, Joe Pantalone, Joe Pantoliano, however you say his name, would be right in that. The existence in the Matrix is just as good as the is better than the existence in reality. Reality is un, real. The real world outside of the Matrix is uncomfortable, goopy, ugly sweaters, and horrible raves. And inside the Matrix, you can live a great life. You can have steak. You can you can have all the sensory experiences. They're not real, but to you they're real. So they're as they have as much value as you know. Because the reality is they're not. The people that they're killing aren't real security guards. They're just bodies submerged in, in liquid, providing electricity to a to a, a group of heartless machines that are right. keeping them enslaved. So, it, in in that sense, they're being freed from their slavery. They're being freed from their bonds by Neo and Trinity in that sequence. Or, if you agree with Joe Pan, the the character played the character played by you just call him Joey Pants. Joey Pants, sure. You, if you agree with that, you know, if you if you have a different take, which is that they are living in that matrix and have a life as a security guard and are going home to their wife and kids, even though that is all not real, it's real to them, and thus they're being killed. Yeah. But if you if but if you accept the fact that the actual reality is they're just a body, a basically just a corpse laying in in some you know in a coma in a in a goop providing electricity to a giant you know system of of uh you know a very brutal cruel system of slavery then you have freed them from those bonds you know so i don't know it's kind of a it's kind of it depends where you fall on that in that uh, uh, existential uh, argument yeah also who's doing the full body shave uh on the people (laughs) i don't think i i guess the i guess the rope the robots they have those little handlers that that take care of them right so 
Well, what is it? What is it with? Uh, we'll just go back to chemo for a second because what a fun topic. What is it <laughs> chemo that loses your hair? What's the well, element? That it's it's called? the actual poisons that are being put into you. Like the chemicals that are being put into you are killing the fast growing cells in your body. Oh, and okay. hair cells are and white blood cells are okay, also fast growing cells. Cell. Okay, gotcha. That's right. That's why your your immune your immunity becomes compromised when you're going through chemo because your white blood cell counts drop because they're being killed by the by the chemicals as well. So basically, chemotherapy is is a either you or the cancer is going to is going to win. Uh, and if the cancer survives longer than than you survive under chemo then the cancer wins but if you can outlive the 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 cancer then you will win that is the essence of chemo okay that's a good breakdown of it (laughs) yes so it's a bit different i think in the matrix different they just want us to be shorn of hair because it's probably easier to connect all the electrodes and stuff to here's my suggestion because they never say what the goo is yeah Um, Yeah. so i'm gonna say the goo is nair i assume the goo is I assume the goo is the same as the goo in the uh, the abyss that they put the rats people and then what Ed Harris is 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 in. Oh, that you can breathe. In yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Well, then why do you need the tube? Do you have a tube in your mouth? I thought they just had a feeding tube. Oh, I don't know. Okay, but that goo that goo that you can breathe is real. Yeah, because I mean they have to have some way of supporting you that you're not resting on on anything because you'll just get bed sores if you're like laying on a surface. True. So you're floating in like a, a in a in a you know, something that, hey, they thought all this out, man. This all right, is... now here's my question about uh, <laughs> all right. for you. Yeah. Uh, or, or to anyone. You should sure. probably ask Steve. Um, <laughs> Steve, let us know. on the storyboards and uh, designs of things if you guys don't. Sure, know. some of them. Um, okay. Uh, Jeff Darrow so, also did too. Like, you can really see Jeff Darrow's touch in a lot of the... Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. And which I recognized at the time. I couldn't believe it when, I, then when <laughs> the credits came up and I was like, oh, Jeff Darrow, I thought, <laughs> I thought I looked like him. But anyway, go on. Let me pat my back. Um, so, uh, okay. So all the technology in the matrix, uh, is like a 1990s technology when we're in the first matrix movie. Sure. You know, the computers are, you know, uh, a big computers and whatnot. Now in reality, yes, it's it's 2200 or something. Yeah. Right. So in reality, did the nineties happen and did those computers exist? And we're just in the Matrix duplicating the 90s. Yeah. The 90s uh, happened because the takeover by machines is later than 1990. But they chose the 90s to base it in because that cut down the budget for the movie. <laughs> so they didn't have to like reproduce an entire future world. Yeah, yeah. As well as in the Matrix. So they could have it based in our reality. What the motive, yeah. If, if, if the 90, if yeah. the idea was yeah. that the 90s that we're seeing in the Matrix actually occurred in reality or if this is just um where the what the matrix has decided nah this is what it should be and yeah, so they yeah. made it up and, and that version of the 90s which is our version as well never really existed in reality it's yeah. just this yeah. is where it is well okay here's the thing right like so they um it's mentioned in the film that the that they originally the computers cr- or the machines created like a a paradise for humans sure. to live in. We couldn't handle it. But we rejected it because that did, it doesn't feel real to us to live, you know, because we can live in paradise because there's, it's just too samey. Gotcha. Right? Like, it'd be like constantly coasting at the same speed down a hill. Like, it would just be boring after a while. At first, you'd be like, oh, this is nice. 
just coasting on a hill. We don't have to do much work. But after a while, I'd be like, oh, this is so boring. So yeah. it's it's the same for them, right? They just got they it was just, have, uh, saved a lot of time and they watched that one Twilight Zone episode. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But the machines did not watch that Twilight Zone episode because they did not know what the Twilight Zone was. So they, but they reproduced a world in which the Twilight Zone existed for us to watch in reruns. And also they chose the 1990s because it was probably the most stagnant decade, but also one of the most unpleasant decades. So they just, okay. you know. So my question then is like, sure. uh, like I, it either goes one of two ways. Yeah. One, one is I don't know what, uh, what, it, what. Era, okay, so they started in the nineties. Yeah. So the Matrix has only existed for a couple of years when we joined them. Is that the idea? Or it's just a repeating loop? Because oh, I, I, loop. I just wondered if there was in this world. Yeah. Um, you know, a Bill Gates in a tube, and this guy keeps, you know, <laughs> getting together with his friends and inventing shows. Yeah, so that you get this personal computer situation. Or uh, if the Matrix just goes, you know, a long time ago, there was a guy called Bill Gates. He invented this shit. Let's just uh, let's just yeah. say he existed. We don't, you know, let's yeah. just make it up. But there never was a Bill Gates in this reality. Yeah. Uh, but we're just going to say there was. Yeah, yeah. And so there you go. Or, 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 you know, is the situation that, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's reality, a, there's a virtual stuff. Bill Gates going to a virtual island with a virtual Jeffrey Epstein. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh boy. So in so it's the, just always low level and pleasantness. Like you couldn't, you wouldn't want to have it based in World War II, because that is too unpleasant, but also too too um, heroic. Oh, uh, there's too many. Right. Yeah, unfortunately, there's too many questions I have that would be spoilers for the movie, so I can't ask <laughs> anything past this point. Uh, what I will say is, uh, yeah. if you get a chance to play the Matrix video game, it's pretty good. There. But let me let me say, we watched it at eleven fifteen in the morning. On, <laughs> on Monday, because it it, it was either at eleven fifteen in the morning. We wanted to see, I wanted to see an IMAX because I'm an IMAX dude, so I wanted to see an IMAX. So so um, it was either eleven fifteen in the morning or ten thirty at night, and that is an hour and a half past Lisa's bedtime. So I said bedtime, right? It sounded like I said bath time, but I said bedtime. And then so we went to the eleven fifteen or eleven thirty. Okay. It was like eleven thirty. Eleven. I think it was eleven thirty in the morning, and uh, Nina who we mentioned already, Third Dragon, Nina Matsumoto, also went and saw it with Bob. They saw it on the same day as us, at the same, basically the same time, in the IMAX at, in Richmond. And she, she her, and she immediately sent me like this, this uh, very, uh, very uh, uh, down on the movie uh, tweet or, pers- or message on Twitter. She's just kind of like, ugh, movie for fanboys or something like that. And I kind of thought, I, I kind of disagree with her. I didn't really think it was for fanboys. I thought it really kind of in a way, it did a lot of undercutting of the mythology of the Matrix. So of the kind of dude mythology of the Matrix. So I, I kind of like that. And it did sort of t- turn it on its head in other ways. So I don't want to give away too much either. I think people should see it and judge Which for themselves. Which do you think uh, had more fan service in it? Uh, the new Matrix movie or Ghostbusters Afterlife? I've not seen Ghostbusters Afterlife, so I cannot oh, comment, okay. comment on that. I will, I will watch that when it's available for free on TV. Right now, I could I could potentially drive out to the Cottonwood and see it, but I just feel like, why? I think you could watch it. Jeez, I think you watch it on TV to some degree. Uh, I I just, it has to be free. I can't. I don't want to pay for it or anything. So. Okay. Um, but you would pay for it in the theater, but you won't pay for it on the TV. I won't pay for it in the theater. Oh, you won't pay for it in the theater. Yeah, okay. I said I won't go to the theater to see it. I'll, I'll see it when it's free. Ghostbusters after uh, that. Okay. I, and then I said, only, I could go see to the Cottonwood, but I don't really want to. Although I do like going to the Cottonwood because I like to support them. And I want them to continue to be a theater so that I can go there and see uh, movies that are playing nowhere else, 
close by, like the card counter of all places. I saw it in Chilliwack. You know. Okay. Have you seen the new Pearl Schrader movie? Yeah, I saw it in Chilliwack. You saw you saw it where? Yeah. Yeah, you know that farming community that's uh, forty minutes east of us. Yeah, it's out there because it wasn't playing anywhere in Langley. That's the airport has a good uh, pie shop. That's what I've heard. Oh, it's so good. That's what I've heard. Have you, have you not gone? I have never gone to the. Okay, well, let me tell you. Because let me tell you, I, I make pretty good pies. A little trip out of your way that's not really out of your way when you're <laughs> when you're already there to see a movie. Yeah. I would say go uh, get like a pie. I know sure. you're a, you make your own pies. I understand. Yeah. But, uh, but like, I'd say go get a pie or two, put them in the trunk, yep. and take them home, have them next day. Sure, sure. You're, you're going to say thank you to me for that. Oh, all right. That's probably... Or people fly in just for the pie. It better be, because that's probably a 50-minute round trip out of my way to, to do that. But that's right, but not in a plane. <laughs> people do it on a plane. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the other movie I went and saw, though, it was, I went and saw in the morning again. I went and saw this one at 11.15. Because uh, once we did it once, I was like, well, let's go again. That's it's actually kind of fun to see at that time because came out of the theater and you got like your whole day left. It's it's nice. But uh, we went and saw Licorice Pizza, the new Paul Thomas Anderson film. Oh, okay. Which uh, the last few Paul Thomas Anderson movies I've not been a huge fan of. So um, like I tried to watch them and I just couldn't get into them. That will I did not enjoy There Will Be Blood. I did not enjoy Phantom Thread. I wasn't a huge fan of Punch Drunk Love, and I wasn't, and so I'm kind. I don't know what else he's done. I, I did enjoy Inherent Vice, which I know I'm pretty much a, uh, a minority of one on being a fan of that movie. Um, I thought that movie was fun, but uh, the other movies, I just found them too serious. They're very serious movies. Can't have fun in these films, you guys. But uh, this movie was was very... There's no real storyline to speak of. It's very much like kind of like, uh, you know, a, from from event to event, two characters... Who kind of you know are in and out of each other's lives and and uh, I really enjoyed it though I really enjoyed it and I and um, Cooper Hoffman who's the son of Philip Seymour Hoffman who's, mm-hmm. this is his first film does a fantastic job and then Ilana Haim who's in a band with her sisters called Haim um, oh, okay or maybe it's Haim because they're Jewish I don't know I don't know I'd always just say Haim but it could it could be Haim because they're they're Jewish um, um, she. She's she she's in it. And she's never acted before, and she's and she's the second lead or the first lead. I don't know. It depends how you. They're both they're both like co leads in the film. It's, the ba- uh-huh. the movie kind of centers around their characters, uh, and she's fantastic. And in the movie, her sisters and her da- mom and dad play her family. Mm. So all the Chaims or Chaims are in the film, and uh, and she, her character's name Ilana in the film as well. So it has the same name as her. Um, and I would have said her name is Elena, but it's pronounced Alana in the movie. So that's. That's uh, they're more fool me, but it, and there's lots of really good actors in it. Bradley Cooper does the greatest and has the most fun time playing the the actual movie producer John Peters in the movie at that time. Still, it still the boyfriend of 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 uh, Barbara Stanwyck, or sorry, Barbara Stanwyck, Barbara Streisand, Barbara Stanwyck, much better actress, but but a different person. Uh, and it's just it's just great, it's great. And then um, yeah, there's some lots of like like I say, lots of. Uh, fun performances in it and fun little scenes and and you know and if you grew up in the 70s of course then it has that element of oh that oh yeah those things happened people did that i remember that became popular oh yeah that's what it was like to fly on a plane then hmm you know that kind of stuff were people smoking in the plane people were people were smoking in the plane but they're also wearing those 1970s um uh earplugs that were like a stethoscope 
ah. that you know that you plugged into a into a speaker in the armrest, and then it broadcast it, it just it just broadcasts the 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 um the music into your ear, but it wasn't electronically; it was just acoustically up up through this tube into your ear. Because wow. if you put your ear to the which I did as a kid, because I wondered how it worked, and I put my ear to the hole, and you could hear music playing. And so you just plugged into this hole and it just, it just into the speaker and it, the speaker was, you know, uh, acoustically, you know, just went up the same way that you, when you listen to a heartbeat with a, uh, with a stethoscope, it was, it was fascinating. But anyway, yeah. So they had those in the movie and you're just like, Oh yeah, those forgot about that. Like, cause I remember as a kid having those and then when I got, was older going on a plane and they, they handed out ones that you plugged into the, you know, just like a Walkman or whatever. I think that's more sophisticated than what we used to have. And uh, yeah, it's interesting, but it's all fascinating, right? It's all... Yeah. Okay. I will definitely check that out. I will recommend it. Highly recommend that film to people. I would definitely. I, I got some, I got some uh, quick bad news and the, the uh, Chilliwack Pie Place is closed. Yeah. I was going to say, I heard that it would close down, but I didn't, and then I didn't want to say anything because I wasn't sure. But yeah, to that. Yeah. Okay, fine. They'd... We uh, can't have nice things. <laughs> it's, it's, I think the people just retired. So yeah. So yeah. People... Oh, they were so good. People do things that are good for a while, and then eventually they have to stop. I was driving past. Um, there's a was a stained glass store in Vancouver for many many years. On um, I think it's basically Knight and Thirty Third. Okay. And we drove by it the other day, and I noticed it was closed. And it's been there for twenty years, or it's been there for longer than that. It's been there for as long as I've driven down that road and gone past that spot. It's always been there, you know. And you're always kind of like it'll always be there, but then it was closed. And I just thought, well, I guess. You know, every store has a lifespan because the people who own it, eventually they, they want to have a life outside of running a store. So they retire and uh, move on with their lives. So, yeah. I think you pass, the, you pass the pie recipes on to others. You pass them on. That's how you do it. Uh, yeah, but you have to have somebody who wants to run it. You know, like the reason and that the reason that the, my old job stopped was because none of the kids wanted to take over running a medical supply company. They all had done it. all were doing other things. So. Do you think no one wants to run a nice uh, pie place that's nice? Yeah. Oh, well, boo. <laughs> boo to this generation that doesn't care about pie. Boo. Well, I mean, you know, the kids probably grew up working in there, but they didn't want to do it as a full-time job or, you know. Yeah, they, can't, uh, they, they got their TikToks. Yeah. Their, uh, you know, dabbing or whatever they do. <laughs> yeah. there, used to, there used to be a good bakery in Langley, and, and uh, the guy eventually had to stop doing it more di- related, to, related to diabetes than retirement. But I remember like talking to some women and they're like, yeah, I guess a bit, he's there at four in the morning, baking bread, ready, getting ready for the day. And I'm like four, or maybe it was even earlier than that, but it's just like three yeah. in the morning, four in the morning. You're just like, who would want to do that every day? Oh my God. Forget it. You know, because, but I guess he went home and then the lady just, the lady came in at who was normally working, she must have come in at like eight o'clock or nine o'clock and, and worked till five, you know, and then it closed. But he wasn't there later on. I, I just can't imagine, like, why would you want to be up working in a store from four in the morning until five in the afternoon? Like, that would just be awful. Well, uh, my my in-laws, yeah. uh, not, uh, my in-laws on uh, that my sister Lee married into, yeah. uh, the Wongs, they yeah. um, used to run a bakery at Kingsgate Mall. Yeah, yeah. And does, and, their, and does their son continue it on? Uh, no, no, he's in real estate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because he's no, like, fuck that. Like, uh, Any time that, uh, you know, something about Kingsgate Mall gets brought up, as it occasionally does, because we did a little video about it once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anytime that gets brought up, yeah. it's then uh, uh, like a good half hour 
of uh, uh, Kingsgate Mall bakery stories. <laughs> yep. That will just like flood the place. And you know when they when they talk about it, they were you know they worked very very hard, but it actually sounds eh, it sounds pretty good. Sure, sure. Early. But everything is great. I mean, I can talk about working on a fishing boat in, in retrospect and make it sound very pleasant. But when to me, it was very unpleasant when I worked on it. Or when I was a farrier, there's lot, there's good things that happened, but overall, it was very, uh, you know, uh, horrible. I felt, thought it was found a very, uh, you know, a nightmarish job that made me very depressed and, and suicidal. So I mean, but when I talk about it. You know, I can talk about it in a way that's, oh, you know, you know, people listen, they go, oh, that sounds kind of fun. You're made put shoes on horses and you're banging away. And there's things about it I miss, for sure. Like, when I think about it, sometimes I'm like, oh, I miss doing that. That was pretty cool. But then I think, oh, but then the other part of it. <laughs> <This is> the, <laughs> the suicidal part of it is not the part that I want to repeat, you know. So, so yeah, I mean, everything's great in retrospect, you know. So, yep. you know, getting up at four in the morning to make, make bread for people in, the, in a mall is... Well, you know, it's a, it was a life. They made a living. They got their son through school. He went, probably went to college. And now he's a real estate agent and has no interest in being a baker. And, maybe, like, and maybe those pie people, their son is maybe a computer engineer and has no interest in being a pie person. So, Yeah. I, I guess it also is like, do you want to have a job where you're solving problems all day? I mean, there are problems, obviously. Yeah. But, but uh, for the most part, you're doing the same thing every day. You're getting up, you're making the loaves of bread, you're making yeah. the same things every day. You're making sure. every day. So you know what you're getting out of the day. Yeah. Do you feel like better having a day where you know what you're going to get? Or do you feel better going into work and not knowing what you're going to get? And it's going to be a new challenge every day. Yeah. What's, what do you prefer? I would prefer the I would prefer the latter. I would prefer the new challenge every day. Mm-hmm. You know? And, I mean, every job has repetitive elements to it, but, uh, you know, or, and, or pleasant and unpleasant parts to them. And we all we all are happier when we're done, but at the same time, you know, the process is is part of it, you know. And 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 I would much prefer a process that was not, you know, like there's been talk at work about changes coming, and my fear is that those changes are to more um, routinize our days. So instead mm-hmm. of instead of us doing several different tasks throughout the day, we are, you know, limited to doing one or two things or only one thing. You know, right. it'll become more like the plant in Edmonton where, you know, people work in the box building department and that's all they do all day is just build boxes. And people, we already have a person who just glazes all day. And to me, that would, is this a nightmare? Like, I can't even imagine doing that. I wouldn't want to do that at all. He seems okay with it, but I think he's just kind of like, you know, counting down the days till he's not working anymore. And, uh, but I much prefer the way we have it, which is we, you know, when you need a box, you go and you build a box. When you need a spring, you go cut a spring. When, you know, other than the glaze part of it, which is very spe- specialized, we don't put the windows in. You know, that would be kind of weird. When you need a window, you go put it in. No, that's very specialized. But the other parts of it are things that you can learn to do and are fun and are fun to do. And you know, and switch the day up so that it's not just one thing you do all day long. And it's you know, like you're on a conveyor belt, which you know, it would be murder to me. And so. And my hope when I hear them talk about changes coming and big things in the works is my thought is, oh, I hope that doesn't mean that we're going to become cogs in a machine because that is not big changes. That is a nightmare. <laughs> that is the matrix. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to live. I don't want to live in the matrix because that's just, that's the, that's the battery in the pod that I'm experiencing and not the fun. I can be a, I can, you know, live a, uh, maybe be a superhero, uh, part of it you know not that i not that i would ever end up i don't think i have the personality that would end up as a neo i think i'd just be one of those people getting shot in the face (laughs) i don't know i mean neo didn't have a lot of personality when we met neo it was just a guy in an office 
Yeah. Well, but was... he no, but he also was like a he did computer pir- or like computer piracy and stuff in the evenings, right? Where he was like yeah. he had like a reputation as like a a great whatever it is people do in those days, like a great programmer or stuff a hacker a hacker that's what's it called <laughs> he's not a pirate but a hacker yeah yeah he's like a hacker and so that's like that's a problem solving not routinized life you know uh, and you know so he's living a double life so he is kind of already like breaking the rules of this world you know whereas i would be the the person you know kind of going oh uh illegally do- downloading stuff that's not good you should go to the store and buy cds you know that's right would you steal a car <laughs> No, I wouldn't. So. And that guy, yeah. Why, would you steal a chocolate bar? Why would we go from car to chocolate bar? <laughs> yeah, I would steal a chocolate bar, but uh, I have kind of, I've done that in my life, so yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's um, I just I just kind of I know my place in this in this world. Yeah, but what if you touched a car and it duplicated the car and made a second car, <laughs> and then you could uh, drive away in that car and the other car wouldn't be affected in any way? Would you do that? Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I guess that's okay. I don't, I don't know. Something must oh. be affected. There has to be energy that's being put into this other car. Oh, you're so. worried about the energy displacement. <laughs> All things have cost. There's always cost things, right? So. You were right. It was going to kill six babies. You're oh, right. well, there you go. No, I would not. I would not go along with you that. You avoided the Twilight Zone-ish <laughs> twist. Well done, you. You are the next Neo. Now let's rearrange your name and see what you spell. Vade. Vade is what you are. You spell- your name is Vade. <laughs> oh, and because you're uh, the uh, internet, Evade. Evade, that's your name. Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. Oh, that actually worked out pretty good. <laughs> Evad, I guess, really, but no, well, yeah. that's fine. Unless you want to spell this DV with two E's, mm. which is pretty cool. That's interesting pretty that cool. uh, both the uh, Wachowskis and the uh, Coens uh, both made their own uh, solo movies, like in the last little while. I wonder if that was uh, COVID related. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I think it was more just. Uh, related to the fact that Lily didn't want to make um, the the another Matrix, so so she is developing hopefully something good that's also crazy and really interesting. Because I, you know, I I liked Boy Racer. I thought that movie was pretty good. What Boy Racer? Is that what it's called? Or Speed Racer? Sorry, Speed Racer. <laughs> sorry, I was mixing that up with the Morrissey song. Uh, Speed Racer. I like that movie, but I wasn't a big fan of Cloud Atlas, and I wasn't a big fan of of Jupiter Ascending. I thought those movies were. Uh, I'm I'm getting more into Jupiter ascending the more I see it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't. I, Stockholm syndrome. You know me. Once is once is enough, and believe me, for that movie, once was enough. I don't even think I finished it. I think I kind of I crapped out at some point. I just like ugh, not enjoying okay. this. Not for me, I said. Uh, and same with Cloud Atlas. I did get through more of Cloud Atlas, but I just found it very uh, boring. I did like Sense Eight. I thought Sense Eight was fun, although the second season wasn't quite as fun as the first season. I, I didn't see. Uh, I didn't see that. It's pretty good, in fact. And then in the new Matrix, it was kind of fun to see uh, some Sense Eight actors reappearing in that film and doing little bits oh, nice. and stuff in it. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I like that. What so, I have, what I have been uh, rewatching uh, is um, I watched Cobra Kai because, of course, you got to because I because I love it. Um, but then uh, watched uh, uh, Daredevil. I'm watching Daredevil again, and uh, it's shocking. Like it's weird how shockingly violent it is. Like really, really, really violent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, but I but I am enjoying it. I'm mm. enjoying all the performances. That's good. It's moving along quite well. But like uh, yeah. it's like the kind of movie that I, not movie, but it's the kind of TV series you you would not make now at all. It's very <laughs> of its era. Okay, okay. Era is a 
couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's Avatera. That's in our lifetime. That's that's the era. Oh, yeah, yeah, but it's it's it would not be made now mm, really? in any way, shape, or form okay. as a Marvel property. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, no way. Hmm. Like it's just so full of blood and gush and blah blah blah. <laughs> but it's uh, it's 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 very good. At least mm. the first season, I'm I'm almost all the way through. I, and it, I, for all those shows, I just I found them kind of a slog. There's elements that were good, but I just found they just too they were too long. I just thought they they could have lost some episodes. Maybe six episodes long would have been perfect. That's like a three hour. That's like a six hour movie. That seems like that's that's good enough. But the fact that they're nine or twelve episodes long is just it's too much. Just no, I remember at the time going not long enough for me. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm up to the oh, I'm up to the end. I'm gonna ah. have to wait two years for more. <laughs> And now, of course, you know, there's nothing but, you know, yeah. I've been through yeah. like three Marvel series in a year. I'm like, okay. But it's weird actually after watching, say, like Hawkeye, you know, watching this and going like, oh, okay. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just watching the Kingpin like kill a guy with a car door and like for a long time, like it's just, geez, holy mackerel. And then there's consequences for it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Everyone is, and no one's reacting to it like, Oh, that was pretty cool. Everyone's like, "Gee!" As they should. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Uh, yeah, it is awful. It is awful. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. we can't Everyone. we can't talk about Hawkeye because that's uh, pretty new. So no, we can't talk about Hawkeye. It's that movie called "We Can't Talk About Hawkeye." <laughs> um, I want to show. Well, it's kind of funny. Like on Tubi, of course, I've been. Mean, I watch. Um, I watch what that show, uh, Dark Shadows, on there. <laughs> That's the first I've heard of it. Wait, <laughs> I watched, oh no, watched Dark Shadows. Good. Dave, but, would you mind starting at the beginning of Dark Shadows? <laughs> sure, if you want. It saves me in time of taking notes. Um, but uh, at some point, I when I was coloring, I, I wassened a um, and because the, they'll do like recommended up above, right? They'll do like recommended. And sometimes I'll just kind of look through those, and they recommended this movie that had an actress that I really liked from the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. Oh, okay. I don't know if I talked about this in the show. I think we talked about it. But I don't know if I talked about it in the show. And uh, so, I, and so it was a. Uh, it, it, they have like they have an extensive LGBTQ movies on there. Okay. I guess because they're made cheaply, and then no one, no one, ha- no one wants them, and so they just end up on Tubi, because everyone has like a limited amount of movies of that sort they want. I guess like Netflix and Prime and whatnot. And so, but anyway, this movie was an LGBTQ movie with with this actress from Liz, the Lizzie Benton Diary. So I watched I watched it, and I, it's quite good. And so then, of course, Tubi's like, "Oh, well, you like watching Dark Shadows, and then you like watching movies with with lesbians in it." So now I'm going to recommend this is all I'm going to recommend to you, Dave. And so then they recommend this other movie called The Gymnast. And I was looking at it, and I was like, "Oh, this sounds interesting. It's about because it was about people do that kind of um, Cirque du Soleil uh, stuff with like streamers that hang down from the ceiling." And they wrap themselves in it and they slowly drop and stuff like that. And it, the actors in it were actually people who did it. So I was like, well, that sounds kind of interesting. So I just wassened that as well. So while I was coloring, I was just sort of, you know, it was on in the background and I was coloring to it. And so th- that's the flood, right? So then after that, it was like, and then, the, then, but that movie is kind of interesting because it, the people in it were actually doing it. Oh, okay. And so it was kind of cool to watch them. Like the actresses were actual gymnasts and people who, and people who did performed in this and, and the lead actress was like 42 years old when she did this movie. And so she's, you know, kind of older and, and, and she's, and she's doing this. And in the movie, she's learning to do it, um, with a woman who's Korean, a Jewish Korean woman, because she had been adopted by a Jewish couple. Okay. In the movie. And I don't know if that was her real life or, because it felt like there was a lot of like crossover between people's real lives and, and stuff in the movie. 
And so it was kind of an interesting film. And I'm like, oh, that was kind of neat. And then it later it, it recommended The Aerialist, which is like a sequel to this film that they made 10 years or 15 years later. And so, and it's about being, doing this for a living and then being old and then still doing it. Because this actress is now, she's no longer 42. She's now 57. And she's, and in the film, you know, and I guess she does it professionally. She's done this for like award shows. She's done it for people on tour and stuff like that, where, you know, people sing and then they have like these kind of Cirque du Soleil people doing stuff as part of the, as part of the, the show the you know, and so in this, in this sequel, she is no longer performing in Vegas. Cause in the original one, she's like, they're putting an act together to do like a, a, a spot in Vegas. And so she she falls in love with this uh, Korean woman, and she leaves her husband, and then they they go, and uh, or she almost it's kind of anyway. So and so then she they they go to Vegas, and that's kind of you don't see that part of it. You just sort of see the the kind of uh, uh, her changing her life and and moving on. Oh, okay. And so in the second one, she is now she's been working. The Vegas thing is over, and she's now a kind of a choreographer working with this singer who's kind of like a Madonna kind of character in the in the. That's what I imagine they're going for. And in, in it, there's like kind of these things where, you know, she's like sore. She's got, you know, hip problems. Her friend, the Korean girl is injured. And I don't know if she really was injured because in, in the show, she looks like she's in the movie. She actually looks like, oh, she had hip damage. And now her leg is, she has problems with her leg. And you're like, oh boy, this is not, this is like, it's just all the kind of reality of it, right? This is so weird. Like the first one is a sort of like burgeoning romantic movie with this aerialist element to it and the second one is this kind of like oh here's the reality it's a really hard life and you know you get injured and you you know and then in the in this thing there's like this conflict between some new person who comes in and he's like firing the original team and blah 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 and uh it was really interesting right because it's like this carry on of this movie and you're like i'm sure the first one wasn't like super popular and it's just weird that but i guess the actress in it her husband is the director of these movies. Okay. And so he writes and directs them and she acts in them. So it's kind of, it's kind of odd. So yeah, it's just a weird thing. And it's, I keep, it's, it's on Tubi. It just keeps recommending these films. And I, I watch them and I'm like, some of them I just watch for a couple of minutes. I'm like, oh, that's no good. But other ones, I, I watched one the other day. Once again, it's just a lesbian romantic comedy. Like I keep getting <laughs> recommended these things. And, and so I'm just kind of like, oh, that sounds interesting. So I was like these uh, Italian, this Italian girl. She's like a singer. She's in a rock band. Um, she's very proud of her Italian heritage and she really hates like, you know, the, the, uh, any kind of mafia stuff. She thinks that's like, you know, tarnishes their, and, uh, and in this movie, she falls in love with the girl who's like father is like a mafia person. And, um, and once again, it's just kind of weird. Like this woman's a really good singer. She's in this band. She's singing these, she's actually singing the songs in the movie and they have this like fun story, but they're all like kind of low budget movies as well. Right. So they're all done. Although Annabella's. No, what's her name? Anna Sciorra? Annabella Sciorra? Some kind of name like that. Like I've heard of her. I've heard of her. And some of the actors in the movie, I'm like, I've seen this person in another movie. So there are people, maybe I've seen them in, in uh, Law and Order. Who knows? Okay, that's possible. But uh, yeah, it's just, but it was kind of fun. Like you're just like, oh, these movies made by people that, you know, they, they're just made them, making them because they, you know, because they, they're fun or they're, that's what they're interested in or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of weird, but that's Tubi for you. I'm very, I have a very specific algorithm now it seems to just really want to exploit this so it's either like dark shadows or yeah it's kind of fun anyway no, um, i like it I like the recommendations and and i guess it's feel like at some point i'm kind of like is this it's kind of creepy that i just keep watching these lesbian movies i'm not a lesbian 
so I probably shouldn't be that, in, know that I know of. Well, maybe I yes, it's that classic joke. I am inside. I'm a you know lesbian. I, I love women, but but it's um it's kind of fun because it's a really interesting genre because you have this awake you have the sexual awakening combined with like a romantic comedy you know and so it's sort of thing like because usually they'll be like they're they're engaged to get married or they are married and then they realize that they've been lying to themselves and they they have these feelings for someone else and so then there's this thing of like trying to like connect that person disconnect from another person and be true to themselves and then also be funny so it's, <laughs> it's kind of weird um and then the other thing that i watched the other day was um one of I don't want to go too much into specifics, but one of my daughters had some a bad experience and is very sad right now. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I am too. And um, she came over the other night and just because she was, um, I don't know why. Oh, she would go, gone with a friend. She'd been with a friend who lives here in Aldergrove and they're still buds. So she'd come out and hang out with her for the evening. And then she came over to our place just to say hello. And, um, and then she decided that she was just going to stay overnight and I think because she's feeling a little blue and maybe being at home is this, you know, reminding her. And so I, I said to her, um, I said, well, you know, what do you want to watch anything? She goes, oh, I don't know. I said, well, look, you can maybe watch a romantic comedy. And I said, I watched one the other day that we both have watched a few times. And I just think it's such a weird romantic comedy. And, and she's like, oh, well, let's watch that, which is, I don't know if you've ever seen it. I think we talked about it. It's called How Do You, How Do you Know? with uh, Reese Witherspoon, Owen Wilson, and Paul Rudd. And okay. Jack Nicholson is Paul Rudd's dad. And it has um, that Catherine Hahn in it as well, and a little turn by the guy who was in P- Perfect Strangers, the and also in uh, uh, my favorite year, Mark. Oh, okay, yes, Mark something. Yeah, the guy who wasn't isn't Branson Pinch. Yeah, not that's right. Yeah, and um, and it's a really odd film. It's directed by James. It's written and directed by James L. Brooks, and it's very weird. But it's it's but it's also very appealing because all the characters are very appealing in it. Do you know that one? Like Reese Witherspoon is like a, she's like a professional, no. I mean, professional, amateur professional. She got, she's gone to the Olympics playing uh, softball, like women's softball. And she's 33 and she's cut from the team because the new coach played, played by real meanie, played by uh, um, the, the Breaking Bad brother-in-law, that actor, okay. the, the drug enforcement agency guy, Dean something. <laughs> anyway, uh, he, you know, he's like, I, you know, you guys are always going on about character and stuff like that. She's three seconds slower than she was, blah, blah, blah. And, and we got to get rid of her, you know. And so she's cut from the team. And so now her life has no meaning in a way because what has been her driving force through her life since she was a little girl, which is to be a, a softball player or be a baseball player, is now gone, you know. And so she's kind of cast out into this world. And then she meets Owen Wilson, who is also a jock. He's a, he's a professional pitcher for the Washington Nationals. And so he, they start to have a kind of a romance, but he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a goof and he's also a bit of a, a jock, you know? And so a w- women to him are, you know, a plaything. And so his attempts to be serious with her are very earnest and, and very kind of dorky, but also there, there's an element of um, not understanding, you know, how relationships work. And the give and take and, and, you know, things like that. So, and then Paul Rudd in the film is this executive who works for his father's company. His dad is, like I said, was played by, is played by Jack Nicholson, uh, who is suddenly mysteriously comes under indictment for wire fraud and for, um, stock, you know, for artificially, uh, 
raising stock prices in order to set, you know, whatever. Like, like he has no idea what all this is about. But he's suddenly under, he suddenly lost his job in his dad's company and then now is, you know, has to sell his nice townhouse in order to pay for all these legal bills and his whole life is changing. But he also meets Reese Witherspoon and he falls in love with her. And so there's this kind of triangle between the three of them. And it's a really interesting film. Hmm. It's really, really good. And then, so we watched that, which we'd both seen before, and I had just watched like three days before. So I was kind of like, oh, okay. Well, uh, but it's one of those films that I can just watch without thinking about it. I can watch it again and 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 enjoy it. Uh, and then I made uh, Eve watch the L, the no, the F word with the film with um, oh, I can never remember Zoe. DJ Dots. Uh, yeah, that's oh, right. It's based on it, but it's got yeah, uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe's in it as well as um, is it Zoe Kazan? Is that her name? She's in uh, the big, the big sick as well. She plays the the girl, girlfriend who gets sick, and it's a fantastic film as well. Like just so well written, and the characters are so much fun, and uh, and it's 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 a little bit different because it's about like twenty somethings, um, you know, living in Toronto, and it is Toronto. They don't pretend it's another city, and it has like Rafe Spall in it, and um, um, Adam Driver. I can't remember the name of the other actress. There's another actress in it who's she's in that really frustrating oh it's another lesbian comedy megan, megan parks in it who's that is it megan park you're thinking of no i don't think so it's a different mackenzie davis mackenzie davis that's who yeah, yeah yeah she plays adam adam driver's uh girlfriend who they meet at a party it's also it's also known as uh what if okay uh, okay it's, it's called that yeah oh, i wonder who Ma- megan park yeah there's a few friends that are kind of like um oh megan park oh yeah yeah she's a sister i think yeah okay yeah yeah um, she's quite good in it too. Yeah, it's a really well acted film and a lot of fun. And, and really, the, the the dialogue is great. And the dialogue between uh, Radcliffe and, and Kazan is just, or I think that's her name anyway, is um yeah Zoe really, Kazan. Yeah, is really fun. Uh, and Eve had never seen it before, so I, I made her watch it, and she really liked it. So that was good. Oh, good. At least she went to bed with a smile on her face. She seemed a lot a lot. Um, I mean, still sad, obviously, but a, a little happier than when she'd come. So so yeah. Yeah, the uh, Motion Picture Association of America apparently. Uh, was going to up the uh, the rating on it because of the implication of uh, the F part of the F word, which is even which is a friend <laughs> being in the friend zone more than yeah yeah. <laughs> no, that's why it's called what if in some places. Blah, get out of here, readers. So, yeah, some some places in the states it looks like it changed the name, but uh, Canada, we got it. We understand. We understand what you're going for. And based on the play Toothpaste and Cigars. Yeah, that's right. Your friend wrote that, right? Uh, TJ Daw, yeah, yeah. and uh, Michael uh, Rinaldi. Mm, I mm. do not know Michael Rinaldi. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's quite good. So I was glad to at least have her watch that. Like, oh, have you seen this romantic comedy? So there you go. Anyway, that's, all I, that's all I have to say about all media today. Oh, all right. Very good. Oh, that's too bad because we were going to talk about some songs. <laughs> that's right. Do you count songs as media? <laughs> I do count songs as media. I do okay. count songs as media. Shoot. I'm wrong. We are going to talk about more media. Sorry you're doing so much of the heavy lifting of this episode. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. I, I, okay. I, you know, I seem to have no problem talking for, uh, nattering on for hours. It's, okay. That's good. To, that's good to hear. As all the people who sleep around me know. <laughs> what? Are you saying something? Okay. What was the last thing you said? I don't remember. I don't remember anything, but that's okay. I've got to <laughs> do. You wanna, do we do we do we want to go to the songs now? Is that sure? Why not? It's uh, been uh, two hours, so okay. yeah. Okay, that sounds about right. And then we do like that, and then we do the the letters, and then we're uh, we're fine. And I might be able to read some letters. We'll see what we can do. 
Uh, normally, I um, normally I do a little. I do a little bit of research for this. Okay. I usually will like you know write what albums are on and what year they came out, um, and then just kind of wing it from there. But I actually I totally forgot that <laughs> to do that. Well, it's the first time too you've sent me the songs without uh, any notice of what the songs are. Oh, no, no. Oh, oh, shoot. I forgot to send you that, didn't I? Damn it. Oh, that's okay. Uh, my friend Damn. Shazam. And by that, I <laughs> uh, let me nice. know what uh, they all were. So it's okay. Nice. Okay. Well, that's cool. That's cool. And right. I, I found a theme, Dave. I found a theme through them all. Yeah. Yeah. And what was that theme? Uh, the uh, Captain. That's right. That's right. I decided to do Captain songs. Don't ask me why. Partly because I've been, uh, we have had suggestions from you and from other people, and I've been slowly putting those together. It's a bit slower for me than normal because I don't have my CDs. I don't okay. have my records. And what I normally would do is I would walk along and I, or I would look through my CD drawers and I would look at CDs and I'd be like, what songs can fit what I want to do for, for, for people? Because yours was remembering. And, um, and Crystal sent in some. She sent in um, what she wanted to do B side. She wanted to do B side. She wanted to do Apple singles. Okay. And I think she had another one, which I'll, I should have to, you know. So we've had a few of those. We've had um, Jonathan Bapton wrote in his. He wanted one about stalking songs, stuff like that. So, so yeah. So you know, and so my my brief then becomes stalking songs, except for Every Breath You Take. Okay. Because we all know that one, and so like get yeah. that off the table. That's boring. But so you know, then then it's up to me to like to think of. Stalking songs, you know, so you're, first you're like, oh, that one. Oh, there's one. And then you're like, oh, I can't think anymore. So, so I have all these lists in various stages of completion. So, so I'm, I'm keep dipping into my own well rather than, than everyone else's. So, so this was, I just was thinking like, there's a lot of captain songs in, in rock, in rock and roll or in, in me. And we're not talking about songs where the band has captain in the name. We're that's not, right. There's no captain, captain and Tennille Tennille song. Captain yeah. B-pop, Cap, captain sensible. We're not doing any of that. Yeah. That's right. So I couldn't. Captain Crunch and the Soggy Buccaneers. We're not doing that. <laughs> and the other thing is, uh, I could have done Captain Sensible because there's a song "What" that yeah. says, you know, I they said Captain, I said what? They said Captain, I said what? But I've played that song before in one of the novelty song mixes for uh, Listening Party. And one of my other things that I've decided is I will try my damnedest to not repeat songs that I've played on Listening Party. And also, the, the the word captain is not in the title of that song. It's not, but it doesn't have to be in the song. It doesn't have to be in the, in the title. Well, it is in all the. Examples. I know it is in the rest of them, but 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 uh, to me, it doesn't have to be in the actual. T- uh, it's just as long as the song itself has a mention of it. Okay. So um, yeah, so the first one that we're gonna play is oh, I think I'll have to turn myself around here because the other thing is I did not I did not mark this down. Turn the Dave around. Time to do so, the segment. So let me just turn him upside down. Um, despite my despite my aching back, I'm now pretzeling. Pretz- Have we talked about your back? Oh uh, no, not really. Oh, how's your back? It's much better. Good, it's much better than last week. Last week, uh, last week was absolute agony. I was agony up till about Monday. Monday, I went into work, and luckily we had a trailer come in, so I didn't have to do very much. Like normally, I would do a lot on the trailer, but. I, and I did do some stuff. I did do some lifting and, and stuff, but mostly I just I let other guys do most of the the heavy lifting, and I just did I just did all the paperwork and stuff. Which is you know basically when the trailers come in, my job is to you know um, supervise the, uh, offloading all all the all the stuff that's come in, all the doors, and and then and then I, once it's all offloaded, then I go through everything that's come in, and I just check everything, and I check it off. I have like check check sheets of stuff and I just go through and I make sure that they sent the correct door, that it has the p- correct 
glass in it that, that you know and that um it has all the stuff that should be there and then i go and check the track and i check the springs and the boxes and then i go through everything and then i go through all the stock items and then i i go through that all that stuff and then i put them away if, if i have time and so you know and so that was good my back was sore i couldn't lift a lot so it was it was nice that i could just kind of walk around with this clipboard and, and do that after and i do, did do a little bit of sorting and stuff and that that was sore ish but not terrible uh, but by this point it's actually much better. Like I, you know, I could actually do like a load today and okay. I took it easy, you know, like normally I would just walk across with dunnage on my shoulder. I, I used a forklift to bring that stuff over and, you know, just things that, you know, I just kind of tried to like cut down a little bit on, on the, on the agony. Yeah. Good, good plan. Yeah. Cause like the week before, like the day I did it and like I said on the uh, episode last week, I mean, I did it in such a dumb way. It, like it wasn't work. It wasn't me falling down the stairs. It wasn't me in a car accident. It wasn't anything dramatic that has a great story. I went to the, I went to um, where we keep Archie, Lisa's horse. We went to where he stays and he, he, you know, he's a horse. So he's outside. He has a shelter, but he's outside. And so their water troughs were frozen. They're frozen over. And it was frozen. It was about two inches thick of ice. So I thought, well, I'll just stomp on it and I'll free, you know, I'll open it up and I can just take out the big ice chunks and they'll, they can get water. And so I was stomping on it and I stomped a big, you know, I stomped all the ice out of it. But while I was doing that, I tweaked my back a little bit and I could feel it. And I was like, "Uh Oh, better take it easy. I don't want to strain it. Right. So I'll just have to lay, lay low for the next few days. I, I thought, but at the same time, for the first time in what feels like a million years, it wasn't raining out and it wasn't snowing out. It was a clear day and with some sun. And I was like, I got to get drywall. Cause I need to get drywall for the bathroom upstairs. And I, we've not had a chance to do that in all this time. So we went to the lumber yard. I bought some, I bought some bathroom grade drywall and I needed five sheets. So we went out to be honest. I don't think I need five sheets, but I bought five sheets. <laughs> I, I went out, we went, went out, you know, and, and, uh, and to get it, we had to go into this other building and it was really hard to get into. I had to back the truck into it, but, but it had like this narrow driveway and, and, a, and a building right across from it, like, right, like this narrow lane that way, I should say. And, so you had to back, uh, you had to kind of back in by uh, and avoid this building and all the other things they had around it. So it was really a tricky back of mine. I might have actually strained my back more, turning back and forth, looking through rear view mirrors, trying to figure out where I was going, but uh, or th- through side mirrors. But I did back into it, and then I was helping the kid put the drywall in and trying to be as careful as I could because I explained to him, I, you know, I've got a sore back, so I got to be careful. And we put in two double sheets, and on the on the final lift, which was just one single sheet. I lifted up and then I made the most like embarrassingly howl in my life because my back just went out and I was oh. just like, oh, and I just like fell to the ground like I'd been You're shot by a sniper. Well. What's that? Sorry. Yeah, it was Frank Welker. That's right. I, yeah, I got him. I hired him to do the voice for me and, uh, he was going to get residuals for that forever now. But, um, and yeah, so then I, I fell to the ground and then I was just like, I, I, and I was like, I got to sit down. I got to sit down. And the kid was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Threw the drywall in and then left. And then, so then I basically like staggered over to the truck. Opened the door. I said to Lisa, "You gotta, you have to drive. I can't drive. I cannot drive." So, she she went over and I and I like crawled in and then I could barely close the door. And she's like, "Do you want me to come back and close the door?" And I'm like, "No, no, I I can do it. I can do it. I'm sure I can." Ugh, close the door, but I couldn't put my seatbelt on. I couldn't reach around. So yeah, it was just a crazy, crazy day. But anyway, I'm much better now. Good, and, I, good, good. and all that uh, and all and all that talking, I still haven't opened up the uh, information. <laughs> Here's my top five list. There we go. Okay. Oh, fine. My glasses meet. So our first one, oh, it's Laura, it's Lori Nero, Laura Nero, Laura Nero, I should say. She, um, I just, I love Laura Nero. She was a '60s singer, um, and this is from her second album, New York Tenderberry, 
T-E-N-D-A, Barry. Okay. That came out probably 1970. I'm not sure. 1970? Let's say 1970. And uh, she was a New York-based uh, singer-songwriter. One of the kind of really early singer-songwriters as well. Like, I don't... Honestly, I cannot think of too many other women at that time who were just sitting at a piano, playing a piano, and singing a song unaccompanied or with a with a band. Um, but that she was the sole songwriter and singer of those songs you know and she she performed at monterey unfortunately she was booed at monterey by some idiots but she performed at monterey you know she was pretty well known she wrote some hits for other people eli's coming which she wrote was covered by three dog night um wedding bell blues was covered by um fifth dimension they also did their song stone soul picnic as well so she had a why don't you marry me bill that's right that's wedding bell blues that's right yeah 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 and then uh, she did um and when i die which um was covered by um Blood, Sweat, and Tears. So, you know, she had she had some hits and stuff, So she had, but she did her own albums as well. And this is from uh, New York Tenderberry, which is, I, I love this album so much. It's like it's an like, uh, album I used to love to sleep, fall asleep to. When I, when, I lived, when I lived by myself, like when I had, you know, and Lisa wasn't there, because Lisa cannot sleep with any kind of noise, in her, in, 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 so I can't play music or listen to headphones because it'll wake her up. So, uh, so I do not do that. But um, anymore, well, when I used to be able to do that, I used to love to listen to this album because it's such a great late night record. It's so, mm-hmm. it's just fantastic. So this is, this is from that album. This is Laura Nero with uh, Captain for Dark Mornings. And I hope everyone will enjoy this song. So let's give it a listen. Here we go. Say your fair black fashion for this 
All right, and we're back. And uh, Ian, what did yes, you sir. think? What did you think of Laura Nero? Um, okay, listen. First of all, I, I uh, technically I liked it, <laughs> but I made the mistake of listening to it at a time where I had a mild headache. Oh, okay. Had a similar effect of uh, you know that song "Love and You" is easy because you're beautiful. Love it was of that where like I can't listen to that when I've got any sorts of headache. Oh really? Like, the notes went up, and it was just yeah. like <laughs> there was a bit of, a bit of me uh, that was being like the dog with sensitive ears, she, just going like. She does. Um, uh, she does. So she does climb the octaves. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's good, but it just gave me a little bit of a headache. So so good, but one aspirin. I, I <laughs> you give it. You read it one aspirin. I apologize for that. Yeah, okay. I think it's a. I think it's a wonderful song. Yeah, I just. Uh, the first time I heard it, my, my hair flew off my head. <laughs> All right, so um, let's go to our next song. This is um, another Captain song. This is another song. The first time I heard it, I just thought it was great. And this band is very has a very low reputation. Like they're not a loved a beloved band at all. Like like throughout the like if you read like record reviews from the from the early early late sixties early seventies of this band, they just get reamed left and right by everyone. Everyone hated them. They're just considered to be garbage. What's interesting though is that. Todd Rundgren, did, she did, he didn't produce Laura Nero, but he loved Laura Nero. And mm. he, he uh, uh, um, attributes a major songwriting change that he went through uh, to her. And kind of like when he started like his sort of piano-based stuff like Hello, It's Me and, and um, I Saw the Light and th- you know, those sort of songs that were very popular in the early 70s, like on Something Anything and, and uh, 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 Run to a Ballad of Todd Rundgren and stuff. Like... Um, yeah, he just loved. Her. In fact, on his on his first album, his first album, Runt, there's a, a a kind of song suite of three different songs. But the first one goes, uh, it's like Laura, I saw you open in LA, and then which is a, a song to Laura Nero. So it's sort of interesting. And then uh, Todd Rundgren also produced this next band, uh, so he had a connection with this band as well because he produced their album. Um, we're an American band, which that was a big hit for them. Uh-huh. This is a couple of years before that. This is a uh, Grand Funk Railroad with their song, which is called, um, it's uh, called Closer to Home, I'm Your Captain. And I think this is from 69, but I, I would not swear to that. But I think it's from 1969. So um, it's from the album Closer to Home. But here, this is a kind of a long one, everybody. It's uh, This is when rock and roll got long. But uh, let's give a listen to Grand Funk Railroad. Here we go.
And we're back. And we're back. I was able to go have a nap during that. So I, hope, I hope you had a refreshing uh, break as well, Ian. What did you think of uh, that song? It was interesting. Like the the opening uh, riff yeah. sounded like Pleasant Valley Sunday was going to start. The monkeys. It was. It sounded very. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like, okay, here we go. But I'm a I'm a sucker for really good rhythm and harmonies, and so I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, it's a fun song. I kind of like the I kind of like the sweet element of it where it kind of changes throughout the song. And I've always, I mean, to be honest with you, I I love this song. I I never heard anything else by them that really like blew made me like you know blew my skirt up or anything. Like the rest of it's it's fine. I like that one blew your hair up, but no, the other one didn't blow your skirt up. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to say anything about my hair again because I feel like I'm cursing it. But um, yeah, no, I I really I really liked uh, I really I really love that song. I just heard it when I was a kid on the radio. It was I think it was a, a DJ needs to smoke song. Okay. Or need to go to the bathroom. Yeah, it was like what nine minutes? Something like yeah, that? it's nine minutes and something long, like nine forty-five yeah. or something like that. So yeah, he's probably like, he probably said to the, well, everyone, I'm just gonna be back. I gotta do a number two. Then here's time for Grand Funk Railroad. <laughs> yeah, that's the slang term for having to go number two. Is I gotta do a Grand <laughs> Funk Railroad. <laughs> uh, so our next artist is uh, as a guy named Biff Rose. And what what uh, the first what the what Grand Funk Rail, Railroad uh, had in uh, in length, this one makes up for by being very brief. This song, um, but I really I really like Biff Rose. He was a, a big fan of Biff, Biff Rose. Was um, David Bowie, who covered oh. covered his song "Fill Your Heart" on uh, his album "Hunky Dory." And Biff Rose was kind of an interesting guy. He was kind of a humorist singer songwriter. He had serious songs, but he also sang songs with a bit of levity to them. He was a very popular guest on the Tonight Show. In the oh. late, late 60s. He was on there quite often, singing funny songs and stuff like that. But he did three great albums. The first one is called The Thorn and Mrs. Rose's Side. Then he did one called Children of Light. And this one, which is called Biff, Biff, Rose, Biff Rose's third album, which I don't have this one on record. I have the first two on record. And what's weird about it is I love this song, but it's kind of hard to explain why to people okay. because it's partly how I heard it. The way what happened was I I found this weird record. It's it's a Canadian like from a Canadian budget label called Pickwick, and it's weird because one side of the record is a band called Ocean, who you would know for their very popular song, uh, "Put Your Hand in the Hand of the," you know that one, that was like their big hit song, and so that's on there of course, and then it has a couple other tracks by them, but then on the second side is music by Biff Rose. And so it's really weird. So it's not like the complete album. It's like sa- a sampler of stuff, but it included stuff I'd never heard of from his third album, which I, which I, I don't have, but I, I bought later on. I bought on band, on, it's on Bandcamp. Biff Rose has a, has a thing on Bandcamp. So yeah, he did these three albums, which are great. And then something happened to him and he went a bit cuckoo. Okay. And so he can no longer like be on the Johnny Carson show and stuff like that because no one wants a person who's like a lunatic <laughs> and says unpredictably strange things or even offensive things on the radio. So like if you look at his band camp, there's like these three albums that came out on on uh, I think on I don't know who put them out. I can't remember what Epic or whatever. They're on, you know, the three like legitimate record releases, right? And then after that, it's just like these albums that have like the craziest covers. That just look, you know, there's outsider art covers, you know, that look like are colored by a crayon, written by a crazy person, you know, and um, and he's a little controversial because uh, he's been accused of being anti-Semitic and stuff like that, which I don't think he's anti-Semitic. I just think he's like, just so he's, just, you know, he's has mental 
mental health issues. And so he talks about Jews in a way that's, that's weirdly, it's just weird, right? Like, I don't think he hates them. He's talking about them. It's kind of connected to this, because I think he like had some sort of Christian conversion as well, but it's like a weird Christian conversion, right? Where like, I went crazy and now I believe that God, you know, talks to us through this means. And then if you, you know, if you understand the role of the Jews in the history of Christianity, then they're, then they're this and blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, it's all that kind of stuff where you become sort of, and then they become kind of uh, obsessed with these things and it becomes unhealthy sounding. And you, you're kind of like, mm, this guy hate people or, oh no, I just see what he's just a crazy man. So anyway, it's kind of an unfortunate uh, element of it. But anyway, this song I think is really beautiful. And it's just kind of like a little, um, it's not funny. It's not anything. It's just this weird kind of little, um, song painting, I guess you could call it. It's like an image thing, an image poem, I guess. But anyway, okay. this, this is called The Captain by Biff Rose. And this is uh, from his third album, like I say, from 1970. The Spanish main sailors search, but in vain for some sky. Roman galley miniature, tiny slaves to be sure, trapped inside. And the history unfurled, bottled ships of many worlds line the wooden walls wherein the captain dwelled a secret life withheld was it only yesterday vicious storm took his little child away in a misty drift of years Tiny ships hold loving tears and seem to pray to the hands that carve these tales. Tiny ships and smiling sails, and an aged cork conceals a tearful tide of tiny ships that hide their captain locked inside. Ian, what do you think of that song? I okay. Here's what happened to me. Uh, I was I, I started off going like, "Who's this guy's voice remind me of?" And then uh, I went to uh, through the whole song. I'm like, "Oh, who's it remind me of?" <laughs> and then it was like uh, Doug Henning. Okay. And then I couldn't uh, get Doug Henning's face out of my head <laughs> for the rest. It was not Doug Henning. So, uh, it was not Doug Henning. Yeah, it's, it sounds like Doug Henning singing it. So yeah, yeah. It, I, I had kind of a novelty song vibe to it, uh, but yeah, you know, yeah. it, was, it was all right. But again, uh, Doug Henning burned in my head through the song. <laughs> yeah, like I say, it's hard to. It's not. I'm not sentimental, but I do. I will admit that sometimes when you hear songs in a particular way, it gives them more value to you than it would to someone else. Mm-hmm. And uh, I definitely would. I think the way I heard it, which was that I'd never heard it before, that I was a big, that I was a fan of his, and then I found this weird record at a at a thrift store, and you know, enabled me to hear some music that I never never heard before was uh it kind of gives it gives it an added 
uh, cachet. But uh, all right, next song. All right. This is uh, Colin Blenstone, and the song is a bit of a switch up because I feel like most songs we are going to hear, they feel like they're about a ship. Although to be <laughs> although to be honest, I feel like the Grand Funk Railroad one, I imagine being a spaceship. Mm. I don't know why, but I just kind of imagine that. Uh, but this one is about an airplane captain. like an, And it's by, like, uh, and uh, it's kind of funny. It's got some good jokes in it. And uh, I think it's also a really well-sung song. It's, call, it's Colin Blenstone, who, of course, was the lead singer for the Zombies and has one of the most beautiful voices in rock and roll. So it's going to sound great no matter what. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, really, it's a good song, I think. So let's give it a listen to um, uh, this, this Is Your Captain Calling from by Colin Blenstone. Uh, I can't remember what album it's from, everybody. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say that. Oh, maybe I'll take a quick. I'll take a quick peek while we're while we're listening to it. So uh, right. when we come back to the other side, I will let you know what album this was from. All right. So let's give it a listen, everyone. Top of the tower, just a few minutes to build up the power. Check all the gauges and turn all the dials. Get all the passengers out of the aisles. And I'm gonna send a message on the speakers. I'm gonna send you all in the same. This is your captain calling. This is your captain calling to tell you I'm out of my brain again. This is your captain calling And if you think we're falling You're perfectly right And I'd be delighted if any of you Could give us a hand and land the plane Hope you don't think this is some kind of plot Lately I've found I've been drinking a lot Problems at home have been driving me mad a couple of drinks and I don't feel so bad And up in the sky The clouds are rolling by me Up in the sky It's duty free This is your captain speaking This is your captain speaking To tell you I'm out of my brain again This is your captain speaking And if you think I'm freaking Perfectly right, and I'd be delighted if any of you could give us a hand and land the plane. You think I'm freaking You're probably right 
be delighted if any of you could give us a hand and land the plane. And we're back. What do you think of that song, Ian? I thought that was uh, that was far and away my favorite of the five. That was a beautiful song. Yeah, that's a lot. Of, it's a, it's yeah, it's, it's uh, well sung and it also kind of has a bit of fun to it as well. And that came from his, I think his third solo album, which is called Journey from 1974. Yeah, because the um, it's kind of interesting. Like the zombies, the zombies, uh, of course, were pretty popular in the 60s for for a while. You know, they did. You know, um, she's not there. Yeah, it was a very you know popular song, and the, and then they uh, their their fortunes fell a little bit, and they had to self fund their final record. They 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 recorded Abbey Road. They actually recorded immediately after the Beatles finished doing Sgt. Pepper, and which was good for them because the Beatles had left all this equipment lying around in the studio, so they had all these keyboards and stuff like that that they wouldn't normally have access to that were still there in the studio that from the Beatles sessions. So they just were able to use those and incorporate them into the, into the album. And so that was pretty great. And it is a beautiful record. And they, they, the album is Odyssey and Oracle that they recorded. And uh, it came out in England. It came out in America and did nothing, nothing at all. And it was basically a last ditch effort by a band. You know, they, like I say, they paid for it themselves with their own money. And even though it was put out by the record label, the record label didn't want to, didn't want to make any more records. So, so they basically, they self-funded the, the, the production on the understanding that the record label would pay for the distribution and stuff like that, which they did to a degree. And then it was, but it was a failure. And so the band broke up. And then what happened was uh, musical magpie, Al, Al Cooper, who is this guy who's like, has his fingers in all kinds of different pies through the sixties. You know, he played on, played on, um, on uh, like a Rolling Stone, even though he played organ on a Rolling Stone, even though he couldn't play the organ, plays French horn on, you can always get what you want, even though he couldn't play the French horn. <laughs> You know, uh, was the founding member of Blood, Sweat, and Tears, even though he got kicked out by his own the band members after the first album. He was uh, created the Super Session idea, like he was just like all over the '60s, Al Cooper. But he also was a talent scout at Columbia Records, which was the American branch that the Zombies were distributed by in the United States. And so this album had come and gone, and then he was you know looking through a pile of records one time, and he found this Zombies record, and he's like, oh, the Zombies great band he listened to it he said why wasn't this a hit this is a fantastic record he went to the record company and said we got to put this out they said well we did and it was a failure and he's like no you've got to put it out and you have to put out singles because this is a great album and so they uh put it, the first single which was i think uh in care of cell 44 which wasn't a hit but it was a kind of get your no the name out there because the real hit he knew was uh she's was um time of the season uh you know that one do 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 yeah that song yeah so that song came out and it was a huge hit a smash room it was your daddy indeed uh but the band was already broken up they were all over two of the members had gone on to form a new band called argent 
who you would know from Hold Your Head High. And then um, and then uh, Colin Blenstone had gone to work in a an office. He was just an, working in an office. And uh, he'd given up singing and, you know, he's like, well, you got to give it a try. We had some fun. We toured, we toured the world. We went to America, went to Australia. That's good enough for me. I'm now, I'm settled down. I'm going to work in an office. And then a couple of years later, um, the two, two of the guys who had gone to f- on to form Argent, uh, Rod Argent for, for one, uh, came back to him and said, hey, you know, you should, um, you should start singing again. And he's like, well, you know. I don't really know what to do and stuff. Like that. No, no, we'll produce you and everything and, and, you know, we'll get you a contract and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, they got him back in the studio and in his first album, um, uh, I can't remember the name of it now. And it's more was maybe it. Maybe that's the second one. I can't remember. I don't know everything, guys. What I, an expert, what am I, a music expert? But, um, yeah. And so yeah, he had like a nice, uh, solo career out of that. So good for him and good for them. Cool. All right. Enough of that nonsense. Let's get to our last song. Speaking of nonsense, this is NRBQ. Who? Oh, by the way, Dave, I, I yeah. like to call it the, the New Rhythm and Blues Quartet. I like the full name. You want to call them by their name? Little, little, little respect. Sure, sure. Little respect. Yeah, them. I always yeah. knew them as NRBQ. Uh, oh, well, all right. Maybe you know them better than me. I, a, be- okay. a, a beloved band that never had a hit, but is like one of those kind of everyone's favorite rock and roll bands, you know, like of a certain of a certain generation. And um, and yeah, they. Uh, I've never saw them. They came here. They came here once, and I, I wasn't. I didn't know who they were. And I remember uh, David and Penny were going to see them. And I was like, eh, I don't need to see this band. I don't know who you're talking about. But apparently they're like great live and I never got to see them. So that's stupid of me. But anyway, um, this is uh, this is their uh, tribute to the rest, the pro wrestler, uh, pro wrestler and also wrestling uh, wrestling manager. When he got too old to wrestle, he could stand on the side of the stage and hand chairs to people. Um, this is uh, Captain Lou Albino. Or Albino, I don't say his name. Who also played um, Albino, yeah. Played uh, Cindy Lauper's dad in uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And wasn't he uh, Super Super Mario as well? Was he? I don't know. I think so. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I just know him from uh, from when I used to watch WWF, and I just know him from <laughs> Cindy Lauper video, and then I know him from this song, which is Captain Lou by NRBQ. Once again, I don't know when this song came out. Uh, or when it was released, I mean, or what it was released on. I'll have to look it up while we're listening to it. But here we go, everyone. This is Captain Lou. Yeah. 
Sound off. All right, and we're back. What'd you think okay. of that? So you didn't like that song? Uh, I, I think I think first of all, he was the voice of Mario in the Super Brothers Super Show, so he was Mario. Cool. Um, I think that. Uh, I think that was fun. That was a fun song. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, here, here's my question: are, are they the guys that do the uh, South Park theme song? No, I think that's Primus. Ah, uh, there we go. Okay, then I'm incorrect about that. I know that uh, I know that NRBQ just because I listened to uh, Talking Simpsons. Yeah. Fine podcast. I was going to say that. I was going to say. I bet you lots of Sim- Simpsons writers like NRBQ because that feels well, like that feels like a generational thing. They've been on the show uh, eight times. Yeah, that's like, that's why. Uh, that's they've why. been on the episodes. Yeah. Sunday, cruddy Sunday. Maximum Overdrive. The old man, the sea student. Take my wife's sleaze. Kill the alligator and run. Insane clown, Poppy. A bye bye nerdy and a hunk of hunk of burning love. And they've uh, they were both uh, an animated version of themselves. And, and shown live action in that Take My Wife's Sleeves episode. Wow, wow. Performing an original song called Mayonnaise and Marmalade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I, I'll just say that um, I have this song on a, on a CD compilation called Peekaboo, uh, the best of NRBQ 1969 to 1989, uh, which has uh, one of my all-time favorite guitar solos on that, uh, on that particular CD for a song called, I think it's called Flat foot floozy i can't remember it. but anyway well here's my question here's another question i have sure. is uh was was the lou albino song uh a tribute as in like after he died or was it while he was alive no no that's him in the song he's in the song yeah he's he's at the end of the song he's yelling oh fantastic i wasn't sure if it was an impression yeah yeah no no that's him or like a but cool yeah yeah no okay. no he, he had like a brief time in the sun there where you know like he 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 you know, it's a. There's a few people, a few wrestlers. You know, and obviously the most successful being uh, Dwayne Johnson. But you know, other ones have kind of been able to carry on outside of the outside of the wrestling re, uh, wrestling ring, you know, the, the 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 squared circle. I have. Uh, it's it's weird. There's a word here that I've never uh, said out loud. Okay. And yet uh, I've read many times. Mm. Which so is? he was known as uh, Lou Albino was known as one of the triumvirate. Am I getting that right? Sure, sure. Triumvirate of terror, <laughs> uh, which is the threesome of nefarious WWF managers. All right. Included. Okay, can I, can I guess now? Please do. Bobby. Shoot, I can't remember his last name now. Bobby Sherman. No, no. no. What was it? There's Bobby something though, right? Nope. The, the okay, there, the, there was the Undertaker who had the, nope. what was his manager's name? Okay, who was it? Sorry. Uh, Freddie Blassie. Okay. Oh. And the other one was the Grand Wizard of Wrestling. Oh, these are old ones. These are old guys. Okay. I, I, I don't yeah, they were, uh, it says here, uh, they were a fixture in the company for a decade mm. until the Grand Wizard's death in 1983. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was just about the time I started watching wrestling around around that. Well, I mean, I watched local wrestling, but the WWF started to play... Um, after Lauren Michaels left Saturday Night Live and Dick Ebersol took over, uh, he was a sports guy at at NBC, and so um, one of the things he did was to remember remember in, at that time there'd be some nights where Saturday Night Live wouldn't be on and they would have oh, WWF wrestling on instead. Yeah, and uh, that's when I started watching that version of of it because I was so surprised to see Roddy Roddy Piper on there because I remembered him from his time on here locally at, at on All Star Wrestling. Okay, now here is uh, once again. 
uh, Ian quizzes Dave on something musicy that sure. he probably is not going to get because mm-hmm. um, you know it's not probably in your wheelhouse. Uh-huh. But uh, you, you know, uh, Captain Lou Albino, of course, famously appeared in Cindy Lauper's video. Yeah. Girls just want to have fun. Sure. But yeah, he also appeared in three of her other videos. Oh, really? What uh, What other three uh, Cindy Bopper? Uh, Cindy Bopper. Bop and Cindy uh, Lauper. Hit, hit songs uh, did uh, had videos with uh, Captain Lou Albino in, in them. She she is commonly known as the Big Lopper, so you're very <laughs> close there. Um, well, I have to say, time after time, because that's, yeah. <laughs> that's the only one I know. Peter Cook, uh, in a diner, in time after time. That's true right. Colors. Oh, he is not in True Colors. Oh my God. Um, two other two other hit songs for Cindy Lauper. Those are the only two I know. Okay. Three, I know. Uh, he, was, he was also in uh, Shebop. Oh, Shebop. Okay. Yeah, where he played a, a security guard. Yep. And he uh, once again played her father mm. in uh, The Goonies Are Good Enough. Oh. Wow. Yep. Good for uh, Cindy Lauper. Underrated. Yeah. Underrated, yeah. I think. Cindy Lauper, yeah. She, Underrated. she was involved in the wrestling thing. She was on. Well, that's, you know, yeah, kind of. That it was very, it was kind of uh, had a little bit of uh, cultural cachet then, in a in a fun way, like not in a not in a kind of mean way that it has at other times. Um, yeah, and also she was in she was a good actress as well. Absolutely, yeah. Hey, if you give yourself a treat sometime, uh, and don't raise your expectations too damn high, mm-hmm. but if you get a chance to watch Vibes, uh, her uh, Jeff Goldblum and um, and uh, Peter Falk. Okay. Worth a, worth a watch. I have not seen that one. Yeah, it's a it's an entertaining film about psychics. <laughs> okay. And Captain Con artists. Cool. Yeah. All right. Give well. it give it a shot uh, if if you want to. And then as a weird little extra thing, uh, if you ever watch the show Bones, she basically plays the same character she plays in Vibes in Bones. Oh really? Yeah, she plays that kind of psychic. Who's just that kind of psychic? Who's just trying to best? I don't know. That kind of thing. Yeah. Oh man. Also in Vibes, Julian Sands. Yeah, Julian Sands. It's a fun, it's a fun film. That, listen, was, it's uh, gonna be. A, you, you just, just, just watch it. It's fun. Julian Sands slumming from his uh, appearances in uh, in um, Warlock, Merchant Ivory movies. Oh, very good. Warlock, what's that? Warlock by that point. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> Happy for the work. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. So thank you so much for all those Captain songs. Hey, no problem. I hope everyone enjoyed them. Sorry if I missed out one of your favorite Captain songs, but that's fine. Yeah, and if if so, if you did miss out, then uh, let us know what was uh, what was a missed. Please let us know your your uh, favorite Captain songs. Um, so yabba dabba do. Uh, I'm going to try reading a letter and seeing if uh, oh, I get ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see what happens. So, mm-hmm. what the heck did you guys talk about last week? You talked about uh, questions of the week. What's a New Year's resolution that you failed to keep? And what is uh, one that you successfully kept? That is a good question. <laughs> uh, also, uh, soon, if not already, we have the technology to make new movies for old actors who have been dead for years. What are some of uh, the remakes of classic movies using dead actors you'd like to see? For example, Humphrey Bogart playing the lead in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Or the Marx Brothers playing the gang in Ghostbusters. Ah, very nice. So All that, right. So let me just say that was a question from Brent Tannehill who sent us uh, a few questions that we're going to use. Uh, uh, we're going to use one of them for this week as well. So. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so uh, our friend Regis uh, wrote and said, hi, very sorry to hear about Ian's new misadventure. Oh, what was that? I, I'm not familiar. <laughs> I hit my head. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, hope he gets well and returns to normal sneakiness quickly. All right. Well, well, you be the judge, Regis. Yeah. Uh, best regards. Thank you. Uh, 
Jonathan Bampton, hey, there you go, uh, writes. <laughs> two-time uh, winner. I, yeah, two-time winner of the Scam Awards. Scam, scam, <laughs> scam. Um, yep. Hi, hi, Ian. Hi, hi, Jonathan. Uh, so sorry to hear about your fall. Thank you very much. I uh, hope your recovery is progressing well. So far, so good. Uh, you must definitely get Dave to read all the correspondence for a while. Oh, okay, well, we'll see how that goes. Sorry, I'm not following that instructions right now, Jonathan. <laughs> As Phil the Greek uh, used to say to Queen Elizabeth II, give your veins a rest, sausage. <laughs> huh. Famous historical moment. Sure. Uh, Regis, thanks for your kind words and silliness. Uh, last episode about the dirty, hairy minute. It's important uh, that there's still good feeling between our two countries <laughs> after our government treated France very shabbily over the submarine procurement. Ah. I'm glad that we're finally dealing with that at Sneaky Dragon. Yes, uh, for time. Well, you know, we're we're well known in in our for involvement in international affairs. So it's, yeah, we're a know. couple of real Jimmy Carters. If you if you watch the latest. Uh, one of the latest um, economic summits for for the uh, European Development European Economic Union. You'll see Ian and I sitting at one of the tables, uh, kind of confabbing with. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're with yeah, there with like Macron the, and uh, and um, what someone someone else. I can't remember. I can't remember who it was now. Yeah, only Alex Robinson from the Star Wars Minute could go to China. That's what they think they said back <laughs> in the day. Um, given the uh, pair. Of, Good God. Per I just had a head wound. Given the <laughs> perochialness, I know it, like it's a, a, a periochial, like parental, I get what you're saying, uh, of our of our news here. Oh, are you talking parochial? Pro I don't know. Yeah, parochial. God bless. P-A-R-O-C-H-I-A-L-N-E-S-S. -S. Parochialism, I guess. Okay. Of our, our uh, You know what? It feels like I just hit my head a second time because of that. <laughs> oh, uh, parochialness. In France, okay. but it was uh, much commented on here in Australia, and many of us are very embarrassed. Hmm. I agree with you. Dirty Harry Minutes, plural, would be a more suitable name, but our podcast is, however, part of the movie by minute community, and the name of the format well and truly is ingrained. Maybe Dave could join the movies by minute community and review all 400 plus minutes of Get Back. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Ian was suggesting that to me the other day, so that might happen. Okay. I actually, <laughs> there we go. You don't remember saying that? Huh. Well, that's not great then that I don't. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I just, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. First, discovered <laughs> Sneaky Dragon through Alex Robinson. Hey, we just about mentioned him. Yeah. The illustrator who kicked the genre off with Star Wars Minute. He was either a guest on Sneaky D or a maid of Ian's or something. Uh, he did appear on Sneaky Dragon, and uh, both David and I have been, were on the Ink Panthers show. That's right. Uh, P.S. I checked out uh, the Les Nulles skit about Dirty Henri. Great. What a pisser. <laughs> okay. I think I can handle a Louise Moon letter. Let me see what I can do here. Okay. Rubbing my head, and we're good. Louise Moon writes, Happy New Year, all. Oh, boy, that was a good start, huh? Happy New Year, all. <laughs> okay. Let me do well, it. You didn't know what it was going to say. Here yeah, yeah, sure. Happy New Year, all. There Jason did a good job stepping in uh, from guest to guest host, but I missed Ian's take on the outgoing 2021. This is what I think of 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Except for what, what a take. Um, <laughs> I, I hope, and that was a hot take. Yeah, it was. I, I hope you're feeling better, Ian. Yep. Uh, I slipped and fell forward on some ice once. Oh, forward must be oh, nice. Oh, wow. Oh, well. Boy, geez. Oh, 
big. That's Someone called, went to university. Overachiever. Uh, I didn't get concussed, but I felt the effects for a couple of weeks. I should have ditched those Tim Hortons drinks I was holding and saved myself. Yes. Yep. But that is don't save the Tim Beebs. It's funny that that's always our first reaction when something like that happens, isn't it? Like I, I, I tore my shoulder at work one time when a box fell, and I like grabbed it in midair while I was on a ladder, and I just like you know pulled my arm down and pulled it you know and tore and tore the muscle a bit, and you're just like, who care? Who care? Like, why did I do that? But is this your instinct to save something? I don't know. It wasn't a baby. If it was a baby, that yeah, would have been admirable. My, yeah, here's something my dad uh, told me once upon a time. He was like, you know, when a uh, proper chef's in the kitchen and he drops his knife, the, the knife is uh, so expensive that, uh, you know, uh, if it goes for his foot, he just lets it go through the foot. <laughs> That's what he said to me. He said that. Like, I don't know out of nowhere how that got brought up. But, you know, afterwards I was like, that's dumb. Like, first of all, like your foot isn't helping the knife. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's just, if it's going to hit the floor, if it's going to go through your foot, it's going to go into the floor anyway. So, but regardless of that, it's like, okay, how much does that knife cost? Like, I know knives are pricey, but like what? Like the most, let's say ten thousand dollars. Yeah. If someone was to say to you, "I'll give you ten thousand dollars if I could take this knife and just stab you in the foot." Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah. I would say, foot, yeah, I would take that. You would take that? Sure, ten thousand dollars. That's not good. That's not good value, Dave. <laughs> it's just your foot. No, you're right. You're right. Although yeah. at my age, you know, if I did it when I was in my twenties, I'd be paying for it now. But if I do it now, I'll be paying for it in my eighties. So what the fuck? No, you got you know, you got your whatever spike ball stuff to do. You got you got to <laughs> your feet. That's true. I got to keep my feet in shape. All right, continuing on uh, Louise's letter. Uh, Tyrone Power and Natalie Wood are two actors I liked who died too soon. I'd cast their younger selves as Wesley and Buttercup in The Princess Bride. Uh, I recently watched Home Movie, The Princess Bride, uh, on on YouTube. It was a fundraiser for uh, the World uh, Central Kitchen in 2020. Dozens of well-known actors recreated the movie at home on their smartphones during quarantine. Saw that too. That was really good. Uh, They scrounged up props and costumes and divvied up William Goldman's script into small chunks so you can see different actors in the same role as the movie goes along. It was like watching a series of screen tests, uh, except uh, for a couple, a few couples, everyone acted their scenes alone, and Jason Reitman cut their performances together in post. The backgrounds don't match, but that's part of the charm. The tribute cast uh, had a lot more diversity than the original, and there was some gender bending as well, which is a nice update. They all threw themselves into their parts with great gusto. I agree, that was very fun to watch. I thought of Princess Bride. It's like, listen, Rob Reiner, get Carol Kane and uh, and Billy Crystal together, who were wearing the old age makeup in that movie, and make a Magic Max film. Those two <laughs> characters. You know, just slap on the goo on the face, and there's a lot that they could uh, play around with. You could even make them younger if they wanted, because they were super old in the movie. What, what, what were their previous uh, stuff like? I want to see those two jamming. And they'd say, yes, do it. <laughs> yep. Another actress I wish had lived longer is Vivian Lee. Uh, at first, I thought I'd cast her as Elizabeth in Pride and Prejudice, but I think she'd make an even better Emma. Laurence Olivier, her husband in real life, could play Mr. Knightley. Maybe a young Richard Burton could play Frank Churchill. Uh, thanks for all the Christmas song suggestions and links. I uh, didn't know there was a sequel to Santa Baby. In the original song, uh, she would have required uh, ma- requested maintenance money for all the stuff she wanted. The upkeep on, upkeep on a yacht would be a lot. It's very, very true. That's why a lot and yacht uh, sound so similar. It's true. <laughs> I, 
I, I just I just want to take issue with uh, Louise on 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 her suggestions. I think that Laurence Olivier is too sexual to be um, knightly. Oh, like like Mister Knightley, and plus they're too close in age as well. That's that's just wrecking everything. I just think feel like Knightley sh- is the unexpected lover, and you can't have someone okay. you can't have someone as kind of smoldering as Laurence Olivier in the world. Like he's a great Darcy. He's my favorite Darcy. Even though that is a the movie he's in as Darcy is a complete train wreck, him as Darcy is fantastic, and he's just so good in that role. And so I don't know. I think he might make a better Frank Churchill, because he would he's could make himself so appealing. And what church what you need with Frank Churchill is you need someone that you understand that you believe that Emma loves. Okay, you know, and there you know. there's no spoilers here because this book is 400 years old, but you know, the reality is, is he's secretly engaged and she doesn't know that. And so she kind of falls in love with him for part of the, part of the book. And then she does fall out of love with him later on. So it's not like heartbreaking to her when the truth is revealed, but you understand all that through, through his character. And, and, and uh, I just think that Olivia would be better in that role for Mr. Right. Mr. Knightley. You need someone who's an older actor playing Mr. Knightley, you know, and if you're doing that time period, I, I don't know who you could use to do that. Um, Living Lee and, and, and Lawrence C. Levy, is this 40s, 50s? When are we talking here? It feels like, I don't know. I just, I, I'm just i not too sure who could be like the, the Mr. Knightley in this situation. Maybe like a Rex Harrison or something like that. I was like a Rex Harrison. Uh, Nigel, uh, it's, it's surprising that uh, you had an opinion on a Jane Austen thing. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to, I, sorry I, to I shock everyone. Like and then I'll sit back and make myself a turkey. <laughs> all done by the time. Nigel writes, uh, "Hey, I've been a little behind on episodes, but I finally caught up." Well, welcome back, Nigel. Welcome back. Uh, it's about time we've been missing you. What's that? Sorry, I said we've been missing you. Although there's no need to catch up, you can just like skip to, to now, and you won't miss very much. But anyway, that's fine. I disagree. Listen to every episode. Oh. Um, first things first. I hope Ian is feeling better. I am. Thank you so much. This current cold snap is a good reminder that the outdoors are trying to kill us and are best avoided. Agreed. <laughs> uh, to hell with nature. Yeah, I'm not going to recycle anymore. You know, it's a war. They picked a side and uh, we're going to win. <laughs> to go uh, through the backlog of Christmassy questions, oh. I was a strong hater of eggnog until very recently. When I was a kid, uh, certain textures of food completely turned me off. And I remember trying eggnog and hating how it felt on my tongue. I got over this ages ago for mashed potatoes, but eggnog was never really a thing in our house, so I never bothered trying it again. It was only last December that I went to a Christmas gathering and tried it for the first time in some 20 years, and it was fine. It had a, uh, a, I had it mixed with coffee. Well, no wonder it was this fine coffee. Blah. It was fine. Uh, I had it mixed with coffee. I should uh, try some by itself or mixed with whatever uh, alcohol the internet says I should pour in there. <laughs> yeah, the internet knows best. Uh, I'm not sure what my f- favorite Christmas song is, but I always like the one that was Huron Carol. Is that right? Uh, I love Huron Carol. Song. Yeah, Huron Carol. Yeah. Huron Carol. I said it fancier. Yeah, you sure uh, did. I love, <laughs> I love Christmas songs that are in minor keys, and our hymnal had lyrics like "When mighty uh, Gitchu uh, Manitou sent angel choirs." <laughs> mighty Gitchi Manitou. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, which was a string. Why am I reading this one? Uh, which was a pretty interesting thing to discover inside church while growing up. Also, shout outs to the St. Stephen's Day murders, which was a big staple at home. Uh, Sufjan Stevens uh, 
Barcarola, yeah. I should just let you have that one, (laughs) Uh, which I discovered via Sneaky uh, Listening Party, which also got me into Sujan Steven. There you go. Nice. And the incredibly creepy Holy Holy Night sample used for Salem's song uh, King Night. I don't know that one. Yeah. As for uh, new, well, it's not too late to find out. As for New Year's resolutions, I failed to keep them all. <laughs> Exercising regularly, sleeping better, the all peter out. I've started to make uh, more New Year's intentions, like take better care of myself, and that generally works out better than resolutions. It's just bad luck uh, that my goal for 2020 was to go to more events. <laughs> and then the pandemic hit. What? What's this pandemic? I got to look what? this up. What is this? What? Uh, cheers, eh? Here's to another year of the show. Hey, same back at you, buddy. I think he meant. Uh, I think he meant plandemic. Oh yeah, yeah. Edward Dragansky <laughs> writes two huge shout-outs to Ian and Jason this week. Ian, mend up soon. Will do. So you can rain in 2022 alongside your fellow sneakers. Will do. Uh, your presence presence was missed, and we all want you in the best of health. Me too. <laughs> uh, I do enjoy hearing the double Dedrick treatment once a year. I would so love doing a podcast with one of my cousins. Great job, Jason. It was great to hear you. Jason is uh, swell. Uh, was, my well, well, and he came over here to do it, so that was that was fun too. Oh, what a what a what a, what a great guy! Yep, he came to where the chickens are. Came to visit the chickens, and then that's what we started off the show. We started talking about uh, old, like old book, old uh, comic collection stuff because of all the books in my shop here. So he's like, "Oh boy, look at all these." This makes me feel better about my house. <laughs> nice. Um, okay. Uh, my well-kept resolution for 2021 is that I have kept my weight the same throughout the year by walking and diet. Hmm. The failed resolution is that I haven't lost more in 2021. Hmm. I'm planning to lose another 10 pounds if I can in 2022, which seems more difficult the older one gets. Other than those physical demands of myself, there's the entire be more productive and get more creative projects done stuff, which I'll always find uh, time to pull off, yet yeah, beat myself up, for not doing more. Uh, I suppose I'm just wired that way. Let's see. The Marx Brothers as Ghostbusters. Is there a petition for this? Where do I sign up? I can uh, imagine some sort of technology that might seamlessly allow us to enjoy the work of our dearly departed actors once again. I'm kind of on the fence about it, really. If they uh, did do a Marx Brothers film using a technology that brings them back visually, where does the heart and soul come from? Could you just create something as great as Horse Feathers was in the 30s? Would the voices be right? Unless this was handled with care and grace, I wouldn't want it. Yet part of me just wants to see if it works. I see it as a guy who looks and sounds so much like Tom Cruise that he's deep faking Cruise's face for these viral videos that leaves everyone speechless. I have to wonder, uh, what does the real Tom Cruise think of all this? Uh, I knew it wasn't him right away because of how much younger this uh, deep faked Cruise uh, has to be, yet it seems ethically wrong to do something like this. We can't stand to look away because we can't believe our eyes with this stuff. I just hope it's used for all the right reasons going forward, like the internet. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> no flaws so far with the internet, knock on wood. Um, <laughs> when you guys were discussing the reprinted collections of comics in the last episode, that's what you were doing. Uh, <laughs> I remembered something I purchased many years ago. It was a set of Marvel comics digitally collected onto a CD, some 1 to 10 only of Tales to Astonish. Fantastic Four, Tales of Suspense, and X-Men, to name a few. The CD had the self-contained interface which would allow you to read these 10 issues, cleaned up as colored photostats, without the original print screen dots as patterns. 
The uh, interface also allows you to look at the comics in black and white uh, through a setting uh, as well to export either the color or black and white pages as a PDF or JPEG. It was really a great little package. I have one of those with like Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, they all went away from Mac users when the version 10 operating system was introduced and didn't allow for outdated CD interface to be recognized. I saw something years later, which was a digital omnibus of uh, collections of comics. There was nothing more than shoddy digital images of original newspaper comics. Yeah. I, I miss the day when these uh, digital interfaces came contained on CDs and DVDs, like uh, the Macromedia and the like. I also have a few electronic press kits on CD, uh, DVD for films like Fellowship of the Ring and ba Batman Begins. They have these interfaces on them. Even though they can't be accessed by my uh, Mac, I can still go in and find the files within the structure of the disk, so not all is lost. Sometime when you think technology is headed in a great direction, it takes a hairpin turn towards someplace else. <laughs> I've also uh, been watching Mike Flanagan's Midnight Mass on Netflix since you mentioned it two episodes ago. I saw it, thought I'd check it out uh, a little over a week ago. I'm on the final episode now, and I really miss watching this series. It's so damn good. Where else can you recommend uh, uh, Mike Flanagan's work? Uh, this series is one of the best I've seen in a long time, and I'm not even a big fan of horror. New Happy New Year's Eve to you all, and good health going forward. Agreed. Well, I would say about Midnight Mass that it's, it's, even though it has horror elements in it, it's not a really a horror film. Like, it doesn't... It doesn't have like you know big long scary sequences. It's more the horror is more in the human the human behavior than it is in any sort of monsters or whatever. Um, other Mike Flanagan things that I like a lot. There's a movie he did with uh, Karen Karen Gillan of Doctor Who fame, Amy Pond, called Oculus. That is a very good film. Very good. A very talk about what is reality. That is a that, that's a mindfuck of a movie. That's very good. Uh, but a haunted mirror. And then. Oh. Um, he uh, and if you, of course, you have Netflix because you watch Midnight Mass. So also in Netflix is a he did a uh, an adaptation of the Shirley Jackson book, The Haunting of Hill House, and which was made into The Haunting, of course. But he did a a kind of an expanded adaptation of it where he he uh, I think he kind of modernized it. I think it's modernized. I think it takes place in like contemporary times but so there's like a back and forth so there's the the house sequences and then there's the effects of living in the house on the children in their adult lives okay and several of the actors who are in midnight mass are also in that in fact mike flanagan has like a cast of actors that he loves to use and 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 they're in his in, in all his chosen movies over and over again this and as new ones come in they stay so like the the woman who played the fantastic bev in um, midnight mass she's She's been in many, many of us. I think she's been in seven different things that he's done, including the two new new ones that are coming out soon. And um, of course, his wife uh, Katie Siegel is in a lot of is in, in a lot of his stuff. Another one that's fun is um, so yeah, I recommend that. It's very good. It's it it's um, my problem with like American Horror Story was that the horror got boring because you know you can only be let's make it only be scary for so far and then it's just starts to repeat itself and then it's no longer scary it's just normality right like if you have a ghost in your house and the ghost is always doing is always around well then it's not scary anymore it's just it's just like a it's either an annoying presence or you you know you just kind of ignore it and i find that with america but with with uh the haunting of hill house it really integrates the horror elements into the story and into the into the story of trauma because the story it's about trauma not just about a haunted house it's a story about you know kids who grew up in a in a dysfunctional situation dealing with the trauma of that. 
um, there's a really good movie called The Hush, which amusingly has Katie Siegel in it as a writer who has gone, gone to a remote cabin to work on her work on her book Midnight Mass. Yes, he was still working. He was working at that time, but couldn't find anyone who had let him make it, um, which I think is very good. And then, uh, you know what? I'm a, I'm a bit of a fan of Dr. Sleep. If you have not seen Dr. Sleep and you've seen Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, you might, you might enjoy that as well. So there you go, everybody. There's a, some other ones. Don't don't watch Absentia, I think it's called. It's not great. Um, I've never seen... I've not seen Gerald's Game, and I did not really enjoy The Haunting of Bly Manor. I found... I just... I didn't find it very uh, compelling, but... Uh, yeah, but Midnight Mass is the best of them. That's that's one thing I'll say. Like you know, I'm recommending stuff to you, with you with the, but you have should go with the knowledge that you saw you've seen the best of what he's done so far, and uh, you know other one they're all the other ones are really enjoyable. But um, yeah, anyway, let us move on. All right, uh, Mick Elliott writes, "Happy New Year, Ian and David. Happy New Year, Mick. Happy New Year." Uh, Glad for the package that Jonathan Bampton, two-time winner, wrote along, <laughs> and I managed to uh, reach you in time for Christmas. Yes. Yes. Thank you very much for that, Nick. And then next week, it will parts of it will reach me and my <laughs> mouth. Good. And then I'll I'll trade Dave with some some of this like terrible, you know, whatever you call it, that stuff that he that he likes. You know what I'm talking. I want to say treacle, but that's not what it is. I know people. Okay, I just want to point out. I think I think Turk I think Turkish Turk Late is okay. Like it's it's fine. What I love is Big Turk. I like a Big Turk chocolate bar, which is All like right. it's like Turkish Delight, but it's not Turkish Delight. It's like you know, it's like uh, it's like the McDonald's of Turkish Delight. It's just a chocolate. It's like can it's like a gummy candy with chocolate around it. Like come on, man, that's right in my wheelhouse. Go on. There you go. You guys have uh, Big Turk in Australia? Yes. Yes. No? They, yes, they do. Yes. I, we got sense and I'm keeping it. Very good. All right. <laughs> Go on. Right, right. Go on. Not big right. Turkish. It's Turkish delight there. It's called Turkish delight, but it's very similar. It's it's a chocolate with around a uh, Turkish delight. All right. That's very that's good. that's the best way to have it. Sky rocketing flight, Turkish delight. All right. Uh, 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 afternoon delight. Mick uh, says, "I hope uh, I sincerely hope Ian is recovering well. I am. Thank you so much. Uh, well, it was fantastic to hear a, a double Dedrick duo for episode." Uh, <laughs> 26, Ian was sorely missed. Thank you. I was sorely uh, rubbing my head. Um, <laughs> my only New Year's resolution this year is to stay positive in the midst of the never-ending COVID chaos. To be grateful for everything and uh, always ha- having something, however small, to look forward to. Top of the list is definitely your forthcoming uh, special Completely Beatles podcast for Get Back. I'm louder <laughs> on the capitalized bit. Getting a lot of uh, peer pressure here. Can't wait to hear you discuss the epic uh, doco and minute-by-minute detail. Well, if you want to hear the minute-by-minute, it looks like Dave's doing a new podcast. (laughs) You're the one who suggested it. Yeah, and uh, by stay positive, uh, I mean, uh, I don't mean COVID positive. (laughs) I mean mentally positive. With all the negatives about so many people being COVID positive. (laughs) And uh, Jonathan uh, replies, here, here, Mick. Every minute's worth. Um, John Hallbrooks writes... John Hello. has become a real regular. Thank you, John, for writing so much. Uh, he's, making uh, up, he's making up for Crystal, who I think right now has been roped into uh, running the uh, and planning and organizing for uh, Ukrainian Christmas in her in her hometown. Oh, in, uh, oh now you made me want some pierogies. Holy moly, do I want pierogies. Mm. Oh, damn it. Okay. <laughs> might have some in the freezer. Um, I think I've just decided what I'm having for dinner later. Oh. Uh, Jonathan Hallbrooks writes, Hello, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Hello, John. Thank you, John. I was very concerned to hear about Ian's fall. Me too. And I hope that he is well on the mend. I am. Jason was a delight. 
He was uh, a delight. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Year's Re- yeah, if you, yeah, Some people think he's real. Some people think he's Dave. <laughs> you be the judge. Yep. New Year's resolution I have failed to keep. As I said last week, I think of the new year as beginning uh, with the fall semester in late August. Each year I resolve to keep up with paper grading and to return papers more quickly. And each year I fail to do so. <laughs> new Year's resolution that I have successfully kept in August 2019 I resolved to keep a journal in which I plan to record and comment on every piece of music that I have listened to and every significant piece of reading, books, essays, poems, articles, etc., that I have successfully uh, maintained, uh, and I have successfully maintained this ever since, going on two and a half years. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. I've tried, to, I've tried to do that. Have you ever tried to do that? Uh, no. No, but that is interesting. I, I, do have a, I do have one, and I, I started it when I was doing the coloring of uh, music I listened to. But I don't, I, and I kind of started off by doing grade, like grading songs and stuff, but I just gave that up and just kept a list of what I listened to. I am trying to photograph more of the meals I make, um, just, just to remember that I can make things. <laughs> sometimes, you know, you make stuff and then, you know, you forget about it and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, wait, I'm, I, I, I can probably make stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's good. It's a good reminder. Um, <laughs> and then you put it on Instagram and people go, yum, yum, yum. Um, a brief update. You may remember that a few weeks ago, I let you know that I might try to catch up on the years of your show that I missed by going through the episodes backwards so that I might experience time backwards and ergo grow younger. Mm, I think that's how it works. Uh, I've now made it through October 2021, and I'm still going. Wow. Uh, There have been instances of the feeling of living backwards. For example, in one episode, Dave mentioned that he and Lisa had a trip planned for the weekend. And I had the odd experience of knowing things that would happen on the trip before David even traveled. Also, I was sad to reach the last, that is the first top five, at least for the moment. However, I keep uh, hearing about this listening party that is coming in my future. And I look forward to this new glory. <laughs> this is kind of cool. Uh, keep us, yeah, keep us in the loop, John. I'd yep. like to hear more of this. If you, if you continue this, uh, this interesting uh, journey back. And Don't if you keep back and become a baby. If you keep going back, though, you'll find more top fives because that was kind of the uh, in the the um, thing that sort of led to uh, to the listening party. Right. Other things that I look forward to: watching tennis matches in which the ball springs from the ground and ends up in the server's pocket at the end of each point. Mm-hmm. My gray hair. Well, going actually, away. they lose a point each time that happens. Oh, there you go. My gray hair going away. The resurrections <laughs> of my dog Lola and my cat Jenny. Oh, that's nice. And not mm-hmm. in a pet cemetery way. Mm. All the best wishes to you and the lovely sneaking community, John. Thanks, John. Thank you. Wait, John's back. Oh. Yes. Oops. Forgot about the other question. I would not like to see dead actors turn up in new movies, both because I find this technology creepy and the actors did not consent to it. However, I would like to see a remake of A Hard Day's Night in which all the Beatles, except for Ringo, are played by Muppets. Ringo <laughs> would be real, but he would also have to compete with Animal to keep his job as the Beatles drummer. Love it. Nice. I would call it a soft day's night because the Muppets are soft. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And Edward Dragansky says, yes, pay money to see that. Ringo versus Animal would be amazing. How has that not happened? <laughs> he's Charlie Rich, and he's gone up against Dave Grohl, but he's never gone up against Ringo Starr. Yeah. I guess Ringo is more love. Yeah, Ringo's not as so He doesn't like solos, so uh, it would be hard to get him to, to do like a drum off like that. Right. Ah. And I'm now remembering the SCTV sketch where Ringo does a solo. Not real Ringo, but uh, mm-hmm. Rick Moranis. Yeah. Very friendly sketch. Look it up. 
Uh, Chris Roberts writes, always a delight to have Jason on the podcast. I hope both Ian and Dave are feeling a whole lot better this week. I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always, even when my back is sore, I'm, I'm better. What allows you to start to 2022? Love you guys. Thanks, Chris. Love you back. Yeah. Okay. On a side note, I appear to be the only person who can't stand Santa Baby. How can everyone else be so wrong? <laughs> That's a classic then, question. I'd agree with you, but then we both be wrong. Yeah. And then uh, finally, uh, for our web uh, correspondence, the third dragon, Nina Matsumoto writes, I wanted more Jason on the show. Then the monkey's paw curled its finger. <laughs> I mean, Jason yeah. was going to be on the show, but uh, I guess we, I guess, yeah, but I guess we did get more. A lot more than uh, he was going to be. That's so, true. That's true. Here we are. All right. So uh, do we have any uh, email letters? We don't have any email letters, but I am going to go to emails because I'm going to well, steal. Well, that makes sense, Dave, what you're saying. I'm going to steal a question from... Uh, Brent, who wrote, was nice enough to send us some. So why should I use them? I ask you. I ask you with a, a rhetorical question that you you cannot disagree with. Um, do you have a question for the week? I, I have one in my mind, but uh, you, you have one. Yep. Then you should go with yours. Go with yours, please. Uh, okay. Well, I was gonna. This is absolutely unrelated to anything we did, but I was kind of wondering uh, what people's favorite craft or hobby is, and it's not necessarily necessarily something you do. But something you'd like to see other people do as well. So ah, it could be something you like to do or something that you uh, really admire other people for doing. Okay. Does that make sense? It certainly does. All right. And so, um, oh, we're getting a weird echo. I hope, hopefully it's not coming through. I don't know why this happens. I don't know why it happens. Okay. Um, so, okay. So that's one question. Then we'll take, we'll steal one from, from uh, Brent here. Here we go. This is... Uh, Oh, well, we've answered this in the show, but maybe other people haven't. If, if you think we've answered this, ask us before, Ian, you, you let me know. What is, okay. the, what is the best and or worst concert you've ever been to? Oh, no, I don't remember that one. Okay. I've, I've, I've heard first, I've heard that, but I have not I heard worst. I believe we've answered it in a question and answer show, but uh, not, um, okay. not as part of our readers or listeners' questions. So, listeners... Sneakers out there, what is the best and or worst concert you've ever been to? And if you're wondering... Oh, boy. It's really nice to hear your voice over and over again in a stupid echo. Uh, if you're wondering how to contact us, hey, here's what you do. Go to our website. It's called SneakyDragon.com. The show will be there. And underneath the show, your comments can be posted. Answer that question there. Suvu play. And ah. if you are kind of a private person who likes to uh, communicate one-on-one, -on -one, we have an email address. It's SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. If you want to send us junk or to send us an, a snail mail letter something you wrote in your own uh, cursive script, you mm -hmm. can write to us. Uh, we have a, our, our uh, mailing address is on the website. In the contact us area, you'll find it there. We're on Twitter at Sneaky underscore Dragon, and we're on Facebook at Sneaky Dragon. Ian, you and I, and our yeah. friend Nina worked on a book together called Sparks. Oh, and there's an update on that. The third book's uh, coming out, but unfortunately... It's coming out uh, a month later than we expected, so it's coming yeah. out because of supply... Uh, chain issues so uh it's coming out in april that's not knowing specifically the date in april but it's coming out in april wow. instead of uh march well that's too bad i mean it's already been pushed ahead and i guess for the same reasons that there's some issues out there with um with humans yes with the world with the world and the shape it is right now exactly and the unfortunate giant you know it's funny when we're watching uh marvel shows and they're talking about the blip I'm like, we're living through the blip, guys. This is yeah, the blip. This is like a world, a weird shutdown, you know, like of everything normal right now that we're living yep. through. 
things aren't available, things that you love you can't see or find or, you know, it'll end eventually, I guess, probably in five years, like the blip. What? <laughs> Well, it's going to take a while for this to uh, to normalize, okay. really. I'm not talking about the COVID, but I'm talking about, or the COVID, okay. uh, you know, a pandemic. But I'm talking about is the uh, result resulting supply chain issues that will last for a while afterwards because it really upended the world. Not just in terms of, not just in terms of, you know, partly in terms of unavailability of unavailability of workers to do, you know, vital things like trucking and warehouse work and dock workers and stuff like that that have part of this and of course people working in factories and things like that but also shortages in product because people can't you know resources have dwindled because supplies have dwindled because people aren't able to do that work either and then and then we have the added thing of that everyone misjudged how we would react to this in north america particularly and so we have this shortage of supply because people did not order enough things for what we wanted to do and so we have that shortage as well so it's a real it's a real mess is what i'm saying you know, when you it's a real buster clock. When you were when you were like rental car companies who sold off their their fleets when COVID started, and then when they realized that people still wanted to rent cars, suddenly wanted a hundred thousand cars from car manufacturers. That's a problem. Yeah, and that's a problem that works its way down through the system. You know, and, and it's just unfortunate. So things like cardboard are short of short in supply. So paper is short in supply. It's a it's a real mess. Agreed. But, but we're going to come out of it. Yep. And we'll look back on this, not fondly. No. But we'll give us boring stories to tell our grandchildren. Yeah, and we they, want, that's the best thing possible. The best outcome for this is some real eye-rolling, boring stories that you can tell your children. Like talking about the weather. Yep, like, yep. Just, remember when it was cold? Yeah, yeah. That. They'll say, oh man, I went to the store and the shoes I wanted weren't on sale. You'll be like, oh, they weren't on sale, eh? Well, when I was a younger, they weren't even there. There were no shoes available. <laughs> No one wore shoes in those days. We walked around on bare feet. That's right. And during the pandemic. It. And we liked it. We got used to it. Sometimes we wore flip-flops. They were very uncomfortable <laughs> between your toes. But you had to. I worked, in a, I worked in a warehouse. What, could I walk around in bare feet? No, I had to wear flip-flops. They were required by the company, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, it's uh, great stories. We're going to have tons of them. And I think that, uh, you know, other people suffering through our, our actions is some of the best suffering you'll ever experience. So mm. I'm looking forward to those days, folks. What I'm saying to you is the brighter future awaits. Uh, Future of boredom. (laughs) Another brighter future is the next episode of Sneaky Dragon, which will be coming along next week. And we look forward to hearing from you then. And we'll be in person, hopefully. Knock Mm -hmm. on more wood. Knock on on wood. Yes. I don't have any wood nearby. Oh, right beside. Everyone stay healthy. My desk. Yes, everyone. Stay healthy. Stay wealthy. Stay wise. And go to bed really early and get up really early, which sounds like a nightmare. But apparently it's good for you. Don't work in a bakery. <laughs> Don't work in a bakery, though. Oh, my God. And uh, what other lessons have we learned in this show? That's all. Okay. Don't count your chickens. They're in the backyard. <laughs> you know how many you have already. Hey, they've been giving us eggs. Anyhow. That's true. Oh, by the way, I just found out there's going to be a, a Scott Pilgrim anime show. So I'm happy. Hmm. Cool. Okay. cool. Breaking news at the very end of the episode. <laughs> all right, everyone. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.
I'm just going to take a quick break. I'm just going to run out the door. I've got a Coke sitting in the snow outside, so I'm just going <laughs> to run and grab it. Be right back. Hello. All right. And of course, Coke and snow are both slang terms for cocaine. <laughs> That's what I meant. That's right. That's what I meant.